And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. We're back again, Matt, at our normal time, at our normal night. I actually gave you the week off last week for the first time when I think <laughs> forever because the channel had hit 30k. And I'm like, you know what, that's that's my gift to him. You take the night off. <laughs> I'll do a little impromptu stream, which actually ended up running as long as a regular episode did. So, you know. Well, there you go. You still filled the airtime. If it, if it makes you feel better, Matt, not as many people watch that as they watch the show. <laughs> so so if the question was, you know, do you want solo Joel or Joel and Matt? The answer is they most definitely want us together. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the chat here is, uh, uh, what is it, giving us a very happy Easter, and I want to give one right back to all of them. In fact, I spent tonight prepping dinner for tomorrow getting the stuffing already cutting up potatoes dry brining a turkey just so i have to put it all in tomorrow lovely lovely yeah doing uh doing before prep has really worked after i got a bunch of great desserts and i have not touched them yet <laughs> nice i need a couple more hours of self-control until tomorrow <laughs> how, how have you been pretty good pretty good we we here in australia don't really celebrate easter as much as mm. uh, i guess america and canada do we don't like yeah. we, we we get a holiday and everything um except just before the holiday we went into a three-day lockdown Ooh, yeah um, that's right i heard because we that. had a, a covid cluster here and um <sighs> yeah it, like the, the over the next two weeks we've got to wear masks everywhere and all that sort of stuff so it's kind of put a hamper on easter since people no usually go away and people couldn't go yeah. away and yeah uh, likewise here, uh, Ontario is also in a lockdown now, like a four week long lockdown, mm -hmm. which I think was just Ford covering his ass and being like, look, last time we did this, you all traveled when you weren't supposed to and spread <laughs> COVID. So you're not allowed to go anywhere this time. And it's like, Hey man, didn't people, you know, snap pictures of you doing family get togethers at Christmas? Uh, yeah, but shut up. <laughs> yeah, but I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so that's where we're at right now. <laughs> Luckily, my bubble is nice and small and everything, too, and I don't think all the stores are going to shut down here completely, so, you know, I can still get my CBDs and what have you. Awesome. So that's pretty good. What uh, what else have you been up to? Anything fun? Uh, not really, no, since we've been in lockdown, so I haven't really been able to do much. Um, Guess not. You, you you were, what is it, making me super jealous the last couple of weeks? Oh, yeah, I saw all the Lord of the Rings movies, yep. and I went outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did get to see Kong, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, and mm, yeah. Big uh, Monk, Biz Liz. Yeah, Big, big Lizard versus Big Monkey. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I have not seen that movie, though, but I heard the funniest goddamn thing about it where it's like, so Millie Bobby Brown is back as the one person who can talk to Godzilla, and there's also a little deaf child that can do sign language with Kong, because that's one of the few things we know mm -hmm. about gorillas is that they could sign. And never once in that movie did the two kids square off with each other like a big freaking Pokemon missed, missed opportunity, yeah, yeah. They should yeah, have had like a, a battle while the bigger one was going on behind them. Yeah, they should definitely have been coaching their respective monsters. <laughs> Get in there, clobber a monk. <laughs> I have not seen the movie yet. In fact, I've only seen like half of Kong of Skull Island, and I haven't seen, uh, what is it, that other Godzilla movie, so I'm very much behind. You, you gotta watch it. I don't, I don't understand all the people that saying, oh, it's stupid. It's, it's nothing but big monsters hitting each other. It's like, yeah. That's what these movies are. <laughs> yeah, don't don't watch a Toho movie, I guess. No, no, don't. Again, your your mind might be what's with all these stupid human characters? Again, Toho movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at that new so, Shin Godzilla, like ninety nine percent of it is people. 
is the freaking people caught between it there. You see, you see, the monsters are allegories, man, <laughs> is what they are. They're all big allegories. Uh, yeah, beyond that, my week was fairly boring. Uh, pfft, still working my way through uh, Persona Strikers. Again, it's a lot slower than uh, the mainline Persona games, but I'm still trying it out. It's still fun. The music is still great. Awesome, awesome. I also wanted to shoot something real bad, and for a second I thought, ooh, I should buy one of the new, uh, newer Call of Duty, see what that's all about. Then I'm like, oh, wait, I have Titanfall 2 here that I've never touched and never played. I should try that, so I'm doing Titanfall 2 right now. Uh, is, is that got a single player, or is it just multiplayer? Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah it does. Uh, the first one only had yeah, uh, yeah. online. The second one, they actually got a story in there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's a boy in his robot tail where you shoot the gun. Nice. Yeah definitely that too uh i'm also at the point now in my switch where it's like i've got too many digital games on it so i need to buy like an actual memory card and i yep. realized oh wait sandisk actually makes a line of them that has little mario stars and little hyrule <laughs> symbols and everything on them I'm like oh well, i've definitely got to get one of them gonna get one of them yeah i mean come on it's made literally for it yeah titanfall 2 is fun you're never going to get a sequel to it, though, because they're too busy making Apex Legends. Yeah, although apparently there's uh, Titanfall stuff in Apex Legends now. Or from there's what going I've heard, be. yeah. Yeah. Because, like, literally all the stuff you like from Apex was from Titanfall 2, like the running and crouching, yeah. the wall running. Yeah. Some of the weapons even fire the same. Mm -hmm. I liked Apex, but, like, I'm terrible at all those like big team-based shooter games i'm a very i'm a very solitary gamer matt yeah i understand as well yeah i don't didn't particularly like it or like stuff like Fortnite and stuff like that just doesn't doesn't do it for me it's funny uh, i i was researching too apparently that game uh what is it hunt showdown apparently mm -hmm. that has more of a single player mode now and i'm like ooh, that's like weird southern gothic with like yeah. custom crazy guns i like that and it's like 15 bucks on Steam. I may have to try that. I've been like mulling that one over. It, it does look pretty damn cool. I almost got the new Watch Dogs Legion too because mm -hmm. that big PlayStation summer sale is going on. Mm -hmm. I put it in my cart and I'm like, okay, I'll buy that tomorrow. It's only 26 bucks. Came back and it's back to 79.99. Oh, no. I'm like, ah, fuck off. Uh, it'll go on sale. It's a Ubisoft game. They always go on sale. They do. They really do. I'm in no particular rush to get to it. In fact, the later you get to it, the better probably because they put more shit into it. Yeah. Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah, I was not that interested into Monster Hunter Rise until I saw that there's an outfit that makes you look like a cowboy. Yeah, yeah, there is. And now I kind of want it just so I can be cowboy. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been um and ahhing about whether I should buy that because at the end of this month we've got stuff like Returnal and like Resident right. Evil Eight and and mm. Mass Effect comes out at the middle of next year. Uh, That's month. right, it does. It's funny, I, I definitely want to play Resident Evil uh, Village, whatever you want to call it, because it looks fucking sweet, but also it looks so good, I kind of want to make it the first game I play on a next-gen console, and I don't know if you've been paying attention, everyone, but uh, no one can get a next-gen console anywhere. And here's me just patting my PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. Matt, Matt, the wealthy console <laughs> elite here, staring down on the rest of us plebs from his high <laughs> ivory tower that is as white as the PlayStation 5 that he owns. <laughs> ah, it's good to have land, by which I mean consoles. <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, Resident Evil 8 looks really good. They showed off some more footage of it, and they're like, hey guys... We fixed the biggest problem you had with RE7, and that is that the molded kind of sucked his enemies. Well, guess what? We have lots of different enemy types now. Yeah, it looks really damn cool. 
Yeah, which is amazing. There you go. They fixed the up. All the other PlayStation 5 elitists are patting themselves in the back <laughs> in the chat. Well, good for you. <laughs> Isn't it good to be you? Now, now, as I keep saying, I can't actually get that until I get a new television, which I might actually be able to get a new television now because I actually got my tax refund recently, and I was going to put some of it away, but there's nothing to say I can't put some of it away and buy a new TV. That's true. That's true. Yeah. What's what's a good TV, everyone, in the chat? Tell me in the comments section. What's the best television for video game plans? I mean, I know, I know like... If you're going to be playing like a PlayStation, obviously the yeah. Sony TVs, they're like kind of integrated with the That was my thought, yeah. Problem is they like, cause it's a brand name, it's quite expensive. It is. I've noticed that because I'm sure I've gone down that rabbit hole before. I'm like, why are Sony TVs so expensive? And then it's like, well, I got to get a big TV, right? Because that's a sign of success, owning a big TV. And then I'm like, (laughs) motherfucker, you watch most of your stuff on your pad and on your computer screen anyway. What do you care about having a good TV? (laughs) Honestly, the best screen in the house is the one I'm on right now doing this show with. The monitor, because it's the newest monitor I bought. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. And that's why I've been playing so many more Steam games. Yep. I also like Samsung, uh, Cameron. I've had the TV I have right now is one, and it's lasted me for like 10 years. Yeah, Samsung's a good brand. Never broken down, never had a problem with it. In fact, before that, I had another Samsung that also lasted me about 10 years. <laughs> so, goddammit, they're built to last, aren't they? And before that, my last TV was like one of the big box televisions, and like when that one died, one of the filaments exploded, and I thought a gunshot went off. No joke. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I literally hit the ground. I'm like, oh, God, someone's shooting at me. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was just that. <laughs> so are we ready for the news, Matt? We haven't done a show, so there's uh, quite a few topics that have piled up since. There is, yes. All right, and before we do, everyone, remember, if you want to support the show, and I know you've been doing it, and it warms my heart to see it, get yourself a nice, cool, refreshing Wild Bill soda. You can use the Cape Jewel promo code that's flashing on screen right now, and you will get 10% off. Yes, yes. Which is a goddamn great deal. It is. It's really good. Again, enjoy enjoy the taste of summer as we get closer and closer to it, and God willing, one day when this is all said and done, we can all get back together and drink them together. <laughs> Tevi in the chat uh, is talking about Space Jam 2. I'm like, ah, yes, the biggest comic book news, Space Jam 2. <laughs> yeah, I didn't give a fuck about that film. <laughs> neither do it's I, made, I'm not Dan. the demographic. <laughs> No, neither am I, which is the other thing. Because I love people being like, oh, you know, it's so creatively bankrupt. I'm like, guys, you know the first Space Jam was made because there was a bunch of popular commercials with Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes, right? It was literally based on a commercial. <laughs> you you can't call it crass and consumerist and, you know, like artistically dead. It was always artistically dead. <laughs> Cornerstone of 90s nostalgia, no doubt about it. We all saw that movie. We all had the action figures. We all had everything. I had a monster, but still, you know, totally creatively bankrupt. Yeah, and this one just looks more of the same, except everything's in 4K now. It's literally... It's not even just like, mm, okay, so are we going to try and do something with the Looney Tunes brand? It's No, it's brand the movie. It's Warner Brothers branding the movie. Yeah, I did get a good hearty chuckle out of the fact that it's literally set in the servers of hbo max (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> Again, it's basically the HBO Max movie, which that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed, KT. When I was, you saw it when you were three. I saw it when I was six. And you're right. I thought it was great, too. <laughs> got got that R. Kelly song stuck in my head, which was a bad choice given many years later. <laughs> the one thing that stands out to me, and I know you, me, and Mitch were talking about this one, is Warner Brothers' continued fascinating use of the Iron Giant. We know you like the Iron Giant. We know you recognize the Iron Giant, but we're not going to do anything else with the Iron Giant. Especially when it would be so simple, because I guarantee you, uh, like, Vin Diesel would be more than happy to voice the character in the, the few lines he has. Dude, Vin Diesel, with everything he's got with the Fast and the Furious and the Guardians of the Galaxy, he would produce that shit. Yeah, yeah, why hasn't he? Yeah, Vin, get on that. You have your people call my people, and by my people, I mean call me on my landline phone, and I will pick it up. <laughs> actually, no, you know, call me at the payphone around the corner. Actually, because I forgot to pay the phone bill this month, so call <laughs> me there. Yeah, it's probably because it's a Brad Bird thing, and Brad Bird has hitched his star pretty much entirely to Disney at this point. That's probably why. That's true. Yeah. I wonder if it bugs him to see the Iron Giant keep showing up and stuff, and knowing he can't do anything about it. Maybe. Or he might be happy about it. He probably gets a check from it. (laughs) It's just like, you always felt like there should have been more, like a comic tie-in or a cartoon or like something that continued the story. Because like the germ of the idea was always there, and that is the giant came, hit its head, but ended up being good. But there's a whole universe of evil Iron Giants out there destroying worlds and what happens when they come to Earth. See, I think if it had been like a couple more years, like in the future, like from when it was released like say if it was released in like like 2005 it would have actually had like a like a uh, a show like like a, an think. animated show that would have had like 10 seasons because all the episodes were like 10 minutes long or something absolutely speaking of that speaking of animated shows that never got made and i swear this is actually about comics did you hear uh what is it butch uh, Lukic, Lujic, whatever his name is, the guy who works for Warner Brothers Animation, he's working on that new, uh, what is it, Justice League World War II movie? Mm-hmm. The animated one? He says that a bunch of the ideas that got put into that movie were actually leftover ideas and concepts he had from a Wonder Woman mm-hmm. animated series that they were developing along the first movie. Yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of pissed that we were this close to getting a World War II-based Wonder Woman show and we didn't get it. Nah, nah, it's- that's a real piss off because like you think how impactful even to this day batman the animated series is superman the animated series hell teen titans that show even like how much the comics reap from that and you know how much you know that started people's fandoms and it helped them reinvent characters for the 90s and everything imagine what they could have done with a wonder woman show yeah it would have been great yeah real real missed opportunity that's like the is is like they say things come in threes and like that should have been the third thing it should have been like the holy trinity of it all oh well well maybe maybe that movie will be good it looks pretty good i it does look good you know why i like it i like it for the same reason i liked uh heart of the dragon which was also awesome by the way for those who haven't seen it it was really freaking because it's different Mm -hmm. and it looks different and it's stylistically different yeah it's got that it's got an art style that looks like there was actual some time put into it yeah absolutely (laughs) oh i feel good too and vindicated someone asked james tucker on twitter i don't know how many people saw this but they're like hey did you always know you were gonna end with uh justice league dark dark side war 16 movies and he's like no not at all they just told us to shut it down one day of course we (laughs) didn't know that was gonna be the last one 
people argued the fuck out of me with that one. I'm like, oh yeah, they're bringing their universe to an end arbitrarily, even though there's a bunch of hanging stuff left over. They definitely pulled the plug on this. Like, no, they didn't. They were always building up to this Joel. No, they weren't. And now James Tucker has confirmed they weren't. <laughs> yeah, so, it, it, you, could, it, you could tell it was like, oh, pe- people don't really like these films. They're not it's doing very course. well. <laughs> we're going to reboot like what they do in the comics. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. So uh, for those keeping track, Joel 1, Internet 0. <laughs> yeah, we'll say it's Joel 1, Internet 1, too, at least, because, you know, you got to be right at least some point out there. It's it's more even than it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and we got Batman The Long Halloween to look forward to after that. Yeah, that's coming in two parts. It is. I kind of worry, though, when I look at the cast on that. The cast is good, don't get me wrong, but they got characters like Solomon Grundy in there and other stuff. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Ch- don't changing it up again. <laughs> yeah, don't don't Batman hush us on this one. Don't, you know, take a story that we all know and love and change it too I don't much. know why they do that. Why do they do that? Meanwhile, they're so slavish to something like Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. If you're going to be slavish, be slavish. If you're going to change it, change everything. Yeah. It's even and weirder when you get the stories like the, that recent Death of Superman stuff where they actually had, like, Dan Jurgens and stuff involved. Mm-hmm. And they make all these really drastic changes to the story. It's like, why? You had the guy who wrote the story right there. Very, very weird. And again, is that got to feel like, hey, butcher the thing you wrote. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Feels very, very fucking weird. Ah, uh, yeah, as the chat saying too, Jensen Ackles is going to be the voice of Batman. Yeah, isn't that interesting? He went from Red Hood to Batman. Good for him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, good for him. I'm interested to see what he brings to the part. I think he'll nail, uh, you know, younger, moodier Batman, especially if they do that, uh, what is it, uh, great scene there that everyone remembers. You know the one. I know the one. You know the one. There's so many great scenes in Long <laughs> Halloween. That's the joke, everyone. There are many great scenes in it. Uh, all right. Uh, I guess with that, we can hop into the news proper then. Yep. Uh, starting off with a big one. It's a story that I wish I could say I didn't see coming, but I saw it coming. I think we all did when, when it was announced. Some just didn't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah. New Gods and the Trench have been axed by Warner Brothers. Wah, wah. Yeah, trench, trench was one of those ones that was, it was like axed before it was announced. Yeah, Trench was like Cyborg in 2020. It's like, come on, guys. Seriously, you <laughs> actually think you're going to make that? Come on. We, we know. Stop lying. <laughs> which, which, unfortunately, too, hey, New Gods was also supposed to have, you know, a creative black woman at the helm and also didn't end up having. So it's like, oh, that's not just a loss for superhero fans. That's like a I, loss for I, Hollywood. I, I, know, I noticed that because, uh, like, James Wan was also meant to be producing or somehow yeah. involved in that. It's just like, it's very strange that, like, the African-American woman and the Asian, Asian man, man uh, get, like, Their fired and dumped uh, while the uh, white edgelord gets his four-hour yeah. cut. And 70 more million dollars. Guys, it's a bad look, guys. Now, we're not implying anything. We're just saying, fuck me, that's a bad look. <laughs> yeah. At least at least Ava DuVernay still has the uh, Naomi uh, show, which was uh, yeah. given us a whole season. So, yeah. That's good. I'm happy for that, if nothing else. And shit, you know, maybe if the Naomi show does really good, they'll let her resurrect this as a TV series or something. Yeah. Because it's like, come on, HBO Max, aren't you, like, super horny for content or something at this point? Or Marvel hires her to do, like, Eternals 2. (laughs) Yeah, now that would be a fucking steal. Because let's face it, 
Warner Brothers did not greenlit New Gods because they know a lot about the New Gods. You know, oh yeah, we love that Orion, and you know, we love, uh, what is it, Forager and everything. No, you guys did this because you saw what they were doing with Eternals at Marvel, and it's like, hey, do we have something that's kind of like that? Oh, we do? Mm-hmm. Let's do that then. And also, let's get Tom King, because he wrote Mr. Miracle, which was popular at the time, I guess, so I guess he knows about this stuff, so we'll just get him. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing about this uh, thing with uh, New Gods canceled. That means uh, Tom King will be coming back to the world of comics sooner than that's, you thought. Oh yeah, that's right. Rem- I remember that we 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 theorized like, oh, why is he leaving this comics? Then then this news came out. It's like, oh, that that's why. That's why. That's why everybody. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> Which, because you and I had joked forever when we were driving ourselves crazy reading his Batman run, where it's like, man, he is gonna leave comics and he's gonna go and write movies as he always wanted, and he'll give interviews about how mean comic book fans like us were to him. But it doesn't matter because he's a big time Hollywood screenwriter now. Well, Mr. King, it looks like we're gonna have to learn to live with each other for just a little bit longer. <laughs> it's okay though, because you know. We'll uh we'll divide the house all I love Lucy. I'll stay on my side, you stay on your side. And maybe you'll write another uh what is it, Superman book that I will enjoy. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got that Supergirl book. He does indeed. There you go. Which again, they they announced that book out of the blue, if you'll remember. It's like, oh yeah, and we're doing a Superman or a Supergirl book. Mm-hmm. Maybe he knew, maybe they told him. <laughs> hey guys, can I get another book right quick? Yeah, exactly, Lich Lord Chris. Who gets the fridge in this and who gets the bathroom <laughs> as we divide the house down the thing there? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, New Gods is definitely the saddest to see go because it's like you really it, – it's not hard to think how they could have turned that into something pretty fucking interesting because, like, yo, Jack Kirby is the man and the fourth world is pretty goddamn cool. Yeah, well, apparently, apparently like, the reason is because they want to distance themselves from uh, Snyder's version of Darkseid and, like – I, I, I can see too. what that it doesn't make much sense to me but i can see what they meant in saying is that they want to release a a, a movie with dark side in it that isn't that same dark side it's probably a bit more mm. of a comic accurate dark side and don't want to yeah. muddy the waters or something also thank you winfordly also see i find that hard to believe like i know that's the reason they gave but it's like come on guys you can have multiple different batman on screen at one time marvel yeah. and sony have shown you can have a whole universe of spider-man you can have a joker that's in the 70s but oh no we can't have two dark sides though that doesn't that doesn't sound right i think there was more going on here yeah well as well i i think around the same time this happened the the news came out that the flash is indeed going to be the flash movie is indeed going to be resetting mm. the universe into something interconnected so maybe they got something going on with him there or something that i'm more willing to believe honestly i i think this just comes down to you know the trench and new gods was victims of we don't know what the fuck we're doing at dc and warner brothers and uh the more we try and you know right the ship the more cargo we lose off the side yeah which, that's unfortunate. I mean, uh, the Trench, I don't, they were never going to make the Trench. They they greenlit the tr- Trench when Aquaman did good. Like the weekend and, of Aquaman, like, making, like, a billion yeah. dollars or something. They're like, oh, we'll do this and we'll do an Amazon movie because we like money and we like good press. Not thinking, like, oh, fuck, then we got to actually do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shame, too, because, I mean, if James Wan was attached, he's a horror director. I imagine he could make a pretty interesting movie with the Trench I'm, monsters. I'm all for, like, like sea monsters and, and stuff from, like, deep in the oceans. I like that sort of stuff. And it could have been interesting, but, yeah, 
I don't like who would be like the main character in that like exactly how does that work how how do you deal with the trench monsters and not have Aquaman yeah. show up and if yeah. you have Aquaman show up is it not an Aquaman movie at that point yeah. that's the real issue with it where it's like yeah we just follow a bunch of fishermen as they fight trench monsters and everything like oh and and then does Aquaman come in and save the day at the end? Oh, no, we we didn't think that far. Oh, fuck, I guess he would have to come in and save the day. Or any of the heroes that exist in this world. Oh, man, this horror movie concept really falls apart in a world of superheroes. <laughs> yeah, Calderon. Calderon will show up and save the day. Why not? Because everyone knows who that is. All yeah. the general audience knows who that is. <laughs> They love the Young Justice. Uh, yeah, as the chat is saying there, with James Wan, he could have made the movie for cheap. He could have made it for like $500,000 over a weekend. Yeah, in his pool or something. <laughs> in his pool, in his backyard. Well, he made a whole horror movie over a weekend. Holy shit, good for him. <laughs> he filmed it on an iPhone. It looks great. <laughs> That's a shame. It's a shame, but also like, come on, we knew these weren't happening. No, yeah, I wonder what else is going to get axed now. You, you, we did mention that Amazon thing. That has that that's already right. been axed, or is it? You uh, reckon that's I haven't. Next? He- I've only heard people talk about it in relationship to these two canceled projects. Yeah. So I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was weird too, because it's like for Wonder Woman '87, we got very little Amazons because she's in Man's World, and I'm like, did they try and downplay the Amazons because they wanted to do another Amazon story? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> It's very weird. Again, there's so much shit that's just not making sense at DC and Warner Brothers. No, and I, I don't think it, and none of it will until, like, that Flash movie comes out. True enough. I mean, even the good news we're hearing, and it's undeniably good news, uh, they cast a bunch of people for the JSA in, uh, what is it, Black Adam. Yeah, yeah, like Pierce Brosnan as uh, Dr. Fate. Which and, is um, cool. Yeah, so, like, we're, we're getting, like, a proper JSA, which could, then could offshoot into their own movie, which I imagine is the plan. That seems to be the idea. They're like, look, we screwed up the present, but if we go back in time to the past and build from there... Yeah, and and Helen Mirren's also in uh, Shazam as the bad guy, as Atlas's daughter. Yeah, the uh, the daughter of the the, the nymphs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever her deal is. Is she a character from the comics or is she just a character from mythology? I think she's, like, new. Yeah. Interesting, because, yeah, like, her name didn't stick out to me and I did, like, Google it. That's cool, though. I mean, Helen Mirren's always great. Yeah. Also seems like she's going to be a different type of villain. I don't imagine her being all that physical and flying and smacking Shazam (laughs) around. She could, though. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Beat Shazam with her cane. (laughs) Hey, she's in those new Fast and Furious films. (laughs) That's right. She is. I can do action. Fuck you. I'm Helen Mirren. I was in Caligula, bitch. (laughs) That's how I imagine Helen Mirren talks. That's exactly how she talks. (laughs) <laughs> Dane Helen Mirren has she been Dane or am I just imagining that I have no idea actually I would assume you think so. she would be she would be maybe she's just not like so hoity toity about it yeah and uh what is it like Judy Dench it's like no 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 you've got to put the Dane in front of there <laughs> I didn't get Dane for nothing <laughs> yes everyone this is a new voice I'm trying out now I'm good I'm glad you like it <laughs> New voices in video essays. That's uh, the Joel look for 2021. <laughs> it's where I'm going with it. Yes, Oscar-worthy voice acting. Uh, all right, so moving on from there, uh, we got some Star Wars news, actually. So I'm going to actually let you take the lead on this one, Matt. The full cast for the Obi-Wan show had been announced this week. Yes, and there's some quite some interesting uh, actors involved. Very 
Yeah. Very, very. Like Kumnao Nanjiani. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if I had to guess, I'm going to say they're probably going to make him voice an alien because he voices aliens and so many other things. I, I'd like that, but then I'll also render. And so, then I'm like, he just got like really ripped for Eternals. He did. So like, I'd love for him to play like a badass like bounty hunter or something like that. That would also be pretty cool. Yeah, I could totally see him as uh, what is it? Ooh, maybe like a Jedi outcast or something. Kumail Najani. Cool. The Jedi Outcast with the friggin' six pack. <laughs> yeah, uh, Owen, uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru are back because, of course, they are naturally. She's cool. Joel, Joel Edgerton holding it down for all the Joels out there. <laughs> we are, we are Legion. We stand together, never alone. Represent. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, as we already knew, Hayden Christensen as well coming back, no doubt hoping to try and get uh, what is it his his own redemption arc. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I can't wait to see him in this. Same, same. I think he's like one of the most watching. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you and McGregor's show, but we're all watching to see what Hayden Christensen <laughs> can do. Yeah, with an actual competent director and competent writers and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be great. Oh. Sh- O'Shea Jackson Jr., yet another really interesting up-and-coming young mm-hmm. actor with a great lineage. Mm-hmm. Sung Kang, which is re- it's really funny because, obviously, his character in the Fast and Furious movies, his name's Han Solo. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> now he finally gets to bring it all full circle. Good good for him. Yeah, you know, I may have pissed and moaned about Obi-Wan, where it's like, oh, God, do we really need his story? Like, is it really important that we're going to fill in all these blanks? I think we could do that on our own. But then I see the cast in front of me. I'm like, okay, if it's happening anyway, I'm glad it's happening like this at least. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. I I guess we still don't know, like, what is it even about the Obi-Wan show? We know it's obviously going to be set on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I have no idea. Because again, like, as we've said before, a lot of his time on Tatooine was was told about in those Jason Aaron comics. Mm -hmm. Him dealing with, like, water attacks from the huts and stuff like that. And if they do this show, are they going to, you know, honor that stuff or are they going to, you know, end up creating some discontinuity? From what we've seen in The Mandalorian, it would seem that, yes, they're going to honor the comic stuff. They, they, they're pretty good with it. There's only been, like, a few, like, inconsistencies that basically boil down to, like, what color lightsaber was Ahsoka using during mm-hmm. the Siege of Mandalore? Like, that's really right. the only, like, difference. Like, real nerd minutia. Yeah, yeah. Which, when it's Star Wars, isn't it all just nerd minutia? Yeah, true. Again, I I know the story I've told in my head is, again, that one from that Jason Aaron arc in the beginning where I want Obi-Wan to be no country for old Jedi. He's an old, you know, lightsaber slinger who put it away, but when the gangsters are at his door, (laughs) he'll have to bring it back out. But do it in secret because he doesn't want little Luke to see him. That that seems the logical way to go basically unforgiven but in star wars with ewan mcgregor which makes me think they won't do that exactly because they're always about you know kind of messing with your uh friggin what is it uh exceptions yeah or and, expectations and deborah chow's I, th- I don't know whether she's writing it. i know she's directing it um yes and she did wonderful work on that on mandalorian on some of those episodes so yeah she did it's gonna be really interesting Look, I just want old man Obi-Wan to be like, I'm not that man anymore. I'm Ben <laughs> Kenobi. Get off my space lawn, you dick. <laughs> that's that's all I want. Is Ben Kenobi going to have to force choke a bitch? Well, is he? <laughs> oh, them damn sand people are back again. No, I don't want to buy anything. Please leave. 
And then he meets a young sand person who grows up to be Darth Krayt. Oh, you want that to happen so badly. <laughs> I do. They're never going to fucking do that in a million goddamn years. It'd be pretty cool if they did, though. <laughs> yeah, he meets a young... Because, again, hey, we got a whole episode, you know, kind of humanizing the Tusken Raiders in a way we never did before. That's very true. And, and also, yeah, he would be kind of like... Uh, I wouldn't say friends with them, but, like, familiar with them. Yeah. And again, hey, Ostr- John Ostrander's work is getting really popular again, guys. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> I noticed. Uh, now, moving on from there, we got some interesting comic book news. Hey, Matt, remember Spider-Man Life Story? I did. You didn't stop gushing about it. Uh, it was one of the best comics that came out that year. Probably one of the best Spider-Man stories ever told. And surprisingly... Out of the goddamn blue, Zdarsky and the original artists have joined forces yet again, and we're going to be getting a life story annual. Nice. Which is so freaking cool. And again, I love these minimalist covers they do with it. They're very cool. They are very cool. I think Zdarsky draws these himself, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah. I I, I forget sometimes that, uh, what is it, Chip Zdarsky is an artist, Mm -hmm. too. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's been getting so much, like, love and admiration for his writing recently. It's like, oh, yeah, and you draw. Mm-hmm. Man, you can do it all. Holy shit. The uh, thing we can see from the cover here is it looks like Jameson is in jail. We don't know why. Mm. Or at what chapter in Spidey's life this is because we saw the entirety of his life basically from birth to death. Yep. In the life story. So, again, what chapter are they going to pull out for this? I would, I would have to say, like, maybe... Maybe the modern time. Well, they they could do it like in the story where it's like set in the 60s, 70s, where Jameson's still mm, after Spider-Man true. and Spider-Man's got to help him. and Right. Like maybe we, we we track that relationship because like yeah. that was in Life Story, but not like in a big way. Yeah. As well, they've got to try and do it in a way that isn't stepping on what Nick Spencer is doing, where it's sort of covering the same ground where what if like they were friends yeah what if they were yeah yeah where jameson's now like helping him hide his identity yeah. and whatnot true yeah 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 so there's lots of places they could go that i'm certainly excited for and as the chat is saying it makes more sense to come out with it now because we got that mark russell fantastic four life story also coming down the pipeline as well yeah i can't wait for that so more more power to it mm-hmm uh alrighty then what else do we got going on here oh so uh, here's a massive story that happened last week although it has seemingly kind of died down since then as you know people were shocked but people very quickly learned to live with it marvel comics is severing ties with diamond distributor to ink a brand new deal with penguin house <laughs> this comes after the week we were talking about uh was it free comic book day we did about how like how like what was going to happen because like they were still with diamond and everything and yeah (laughs) then they then they just like up and left them yeah what does this mean for free comic book day freaking uh what is it uh diamond isn't doing dc books anymore could you imagine if marvel left would that be the end of free comic book day no because they never needed diamond and as we see further they don't need diamond in fact they have inked probably a much better deal with a book uh, producer, uh, which from what I understand, IDW had already been working with Penguin mm-hmm. House for a while, mm-hmm. and IDW does those like Star Wars and Spider-Man comics, so a lot of people, myself included, have theorized that maybe this deal had actually been in the works for a long time. For a while, yeah, yeah. And I mean, really, why shouldn't Marvel do it? L- literally almost a year to the day... Yeah. 
that DC broke yep. ties with them. Marvel does the same thing, being like, oh, it's been a year. DC hasn't caught fire yet. In some ways, they're stronger than they were before. Oh, let's do that. I'm then. fairly certain we said something similar to that, like, when this wait a year and see. yeah yeah they'll, they'll wait and see like what happens like give it like six months a year see if dc like falls to wreckage or something and they obviously mm. did if if like uh what i'm led to believe they're actually better than ever yeah that they're actually making really strong strides now without the creative anchor that is diamond around their neck and let's face it it was a creative anchor i mean you'll hear all the bullshit yeah that uh they had gotten up to a diamond all the books that they had inadvertently killed with their archaic scoring system of like oh well only the books bought through us count and you have to do this this and this and those like disastrous conferences they had yeah. with store owners who are like i don't like all the black people comics Yep. <laughs> and like Diamond just having to sit there and listen to them <laughs> when they say these insane fucking things. Yeah. And uh, the one thing that did surprise me with all the people that were like on Diamond's side of this, I'm like, they were a monopoly. They, you know, we're breaking yeah. that up. There's nothing, only good things can come from this. But I'm a masochist who loves corporations <laughs> and monopolies to tell me what to do. Also, here's the thing, too. With the DC thing, it happened very, very quickly mm -hmm. because it was a pandemic. They're like, well, if you're not putting our books out anyway, what the fuck are we even doing with you? We'll do it ourselves. Yeah, why are we not paying have to... you? <laughs> yeah, why are we paying you and why aren't you paying your people? That's another story that got lost mm -hmm. in that shuffle where Diamond's like, uh, yeah, we're not going to be able to pay people anymore. Yep with this so we suck on multiple levels for multiple reasons again marvel you know having the benefit of a year and getting to watch what dc did and getting to watch the way people reacted i know mom and pop stores were all pissed off because they're like well how are we supposed to you know uh, get deals with other distributors if we can't have you know dc books in our shops that'll kill us and ruin us and at a time of a pandemic where we can't get people in the shops anyway marvel again did it a little differently and that is like look you can go through penguin house We'll even give you a better deal on shipping. I think the new deal on shipping they're giving is you don't have to pay by weight anymore, which is actually a very big thing for them. Mm -hmm. So they actually end up winning a couple ways on this one, and they're going to keep Marvel books. Uh, what's interesting, too, about the conversation, I talked about this with other people. Everyone's like, oh, you know, will bookstores, you know, that Penguin House uh, supplies, will this, you know, help give comics the shot in the arm? Will this, you know, save comics? And I'm like, guys, I think you're actually looking at this backwards. I think what you should be looking and asking is, will the Marvel brand actually save small independent bookstores now? <laughs> Because they're going to put comics where people can actually find them and buy them again. Yeah, much like DC, you're going to see them in, like, yeah, newsstands again. And, like, yeah, That'd be little, nice. little book stores and, and grocery mm -hmm. stores and stuff like that. I, I, I've been saying for a million years, you want comics to do better? Put them where people can find them. They disappeared into specialty stores in the 90s. And because of that, a whole generation never picked up a comic and never became a fan. Yeah, it became like this uh, very rare find if you ever found yes. one in like, because uh, I remember like every now and then you'd see one in the grocery store and you'd be like, whoa, whoa what's yeah, that doing in here? <laughs> And comic shops themselves became their own weird secret societies. And I mean, shit, uh, 
what is it, the Ogdenville Club, for Christ's sake, even back in the 90s, was making fun of the, this fact, where it's like, you know, comic book shops don't always open in the nicest neighborhoods sometimes, and the people who run it there are usually kind of fucking surly and scare people away. Why do you think they preferred Amazon and the internet and comicsology, mm-hmm. and why do you think those things were eating Diamond's lunch for years, but Diamond was just like, la, 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 it's not happening, they didn't buy it through us, so it doesn't count, yep. it's not a real purchase. Yeah. <laughs> And now we don't have this anymore. And now that they have lost Marvel and DC, uh, Diamond is essentially dead now. They're a zombie. They're the Walking Dead. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not around like entirely uh, by the end of the year. Yeah, oh, a- absolutely. It's just a matter of time now. The problem is, and I really am interested to see how this will go, how will this affect the smaller publishers? Because marvel and dc were always going to be fine because they're backed by mega entertainment companies their brands are part of the pop culture tapestry they were always going to be okay but for idw and boom and dark horse and all these other places they're probably you know scurrying right now to try and make plans with some of these other companies yeah i I think they'll be fine i think that i think they will be because they 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 have their audiences built in um mm. and 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 every now and then they, they release something that's actually quite big um and, and right. gets like quite a lot of attention uh but yeah i think they'll be fine again image valiant i mean come on those guys got movie money behind them yep. now and everything yep they'll be okay again maybe the the real you know scary thing is what about the companies that are smaller than them even that you haven't heard of but that still put books out i could see some of them merging with some of the bigger ones merging with like an idw or an image or something yeah i think that's yeah i would not be shocked if we heard that story more in the future like uh what is it? What's what's the company that does Robin Hood R O B Y U A? Oh, that Hood? one, the one that comes out like every fucking week. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. What about that one? It's not AfterShock, is it? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Because. D- d- or no, I'm I'm thinking of Dynamite that does uh did the boys and did some of the other mm-hmm. stuff there. Yep. But we're all mad at Dynamite anyway, even though they keep sending me press copies for stuff. And I'm like, guys, yeah. well, even, I think they'll be fine because they have like a lot of like IP that's like quite true. Well, I wouldn't think it's popular. It is. It's like Green Hornet. And I think they do mm. the James Bond comics. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. So that's definitely something. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it will all shake out in the end for the better. It'll just be, you know, kind of scary and stressful time for other people. Mm hmm. But, uh, yeah, the the loss of Diamond Distributor is a net good for the industry. They were a anchor, a ball and chain around the neck of this industry, and things can only get better without them. Yeah, absolutely. It is a shame that it took a global pandemic to drag the comic industry kicking and screaming into the 21st century. <laughs> Of to embracing, you know, other distribution methods that we really need to do. And in fact, I'm very interested now to see where we're going to find Marvel stuff now because of this. Yeah, like, are they going to stay the same day? Are we going to get them on Tuesday with the DC comics? Are we going to get them on a Monday or a Thursday? Like, yeah. That's the thing. They can do whatever the fuck they want now. Because as we have figured out, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess the wednesday day and date release there was just something mandated by diamond that we've all just come to take as gospel yeah they can release it whenever as, they want now yeah as soon as they broke they're like no nah, it doesn't have to be a day for it yeah unless penguin has an actual day they 
Unless they have an actual they true have, enough. Yeah. I don't I don't know enough about independent bookstores for all I know. Yeah, Marvel Monday writes itself, you're right. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, I remember when I when I went to the Blockbusters back in the day for new movies, it was always DVD Tuesday, Tuesday. That was the day the new movies always came out. Now that doesn't mean anything, but back in my old man day, that meant a thing. Well, like, well, nowadays when movies release in cinemas, for me at least, it's a Thursday. For I think you guys in North America, it's like Friday, a Friday. Yeah. Same with like video yes. games, it's like a Friday, Thursday, Friday. It's usually always Friday. So yeah, I could. But again, something like that. Yeah, I mean, those aren't always, like, uh, ironclad rules, but that always used to be the thing. And, I mean, shit, even when DC moved to Tuesday, and they've been Tuesday for a goddamn year now, which is hard to believe, Mm -hmm. it didn't really change that much for me because it's like, well, maybe I'll go get the new books on Tuesday if something big is coming out. But if not, I'll just wait till Wednesday and get everything all in one go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how it went, so it didn't end up changing much. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. I wonder if also this means... Like, because both companies don't have to adhere to Diamond or anything, I wonder if this, like, changes stuff like, oh, now they can work closer together. Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of professional, like, uh, animosity there, yeah, but true. who knows? Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, what's our next story here? Uh, ooh, another big story. Uh, man, I, I got to talk about this so much on my own stream, on other streams I was on, but, uh... Yo, the Suicide Squad trailer. Yeah, it looks fucking great. Boy, howdy does it. There was the Dirty Work trailer they dropped, and they dropped another one on uh, April Fool's Day, which was like the quote-unquote theatrical trailer. It's funny to say theatrical trailer now, because none of us can go to the fucking movies. (laughs) Unless you're in New Zealand or a good country, I don't know. But uh, yeah, wow, what a what a cool ass trailer that like instantly washes the bad taste out of your mouth of the first one. In fact, I even got to see it happening in real time where people were like kind of being snotty about it. Where it's like, oh, another Suicide Squad trailer. Wasn't the first one like a big hack to pieces, you know, mess of a thing? Then they watch the trailer and like two minutes later, they're like, okay, I retract my former statement. This is dope <laughs> as fuck. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, it it looks fantastic. The cast looks really funny. John Cena steals the show to the point where I'm like, ah, this is why he's getting a TV show. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I can understand why he's he's getting a TV show, why the character's coming back in the comics. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's going to be the standout of the, of the movie. I'll suck a whole beach full of dicks for America. <laughs> yeah that's that's about right it's funny that peacemaker is basically what everyone thought john walker was gonna be yeah yeah this weird parody version maybe they knew that and maybe that's why they made john walker a little bit more like uh what is it kind of kind of more normal and unexpected Mm -hmm. like he's still a bad guy he's got like bad guy bubbling under the surface there but it's under the surface it's not in your face no not like peacemaker No, not like Peacemaker, who's just in your goddamn face all the time. Uh, Love, love the soundtrack. Holy shit, Steely Dan's Dirty Work. What an amazing choice. (laughs) Very fitting. (laughs) Very. Again, you know, we talk all the time on this show like, oh, that was a bad musical choice. Oh, that was so on the nose. This is the perfect example of a good musical choice because it's, yeah, I'm a fool to do your dirty work, as indeed the Suicide Squad does dirty wet work for the government. But the song Dirty Work is not about that. It's actually about an affair. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's a song that you can read two ways. That's why it's a good song choice. Yeah, it's not very on your nose like all those songs in the first Suicide Squad were. 
Yeah, man, fucking James Gunn makes musical choices just look so easy, doesn't he? I, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> he does. I the don't man, know how. I mean, he says he just had good parents with, like, a really good vinyl collection, and it tells. Yeah, yeah. I actually went back and listened to that whole Steely Dan album this week. I'm like, oh my god, Steely Dan fucking rocks. There's so many songs <laughs> on this I love. There's Dirty Work, Reeling in the Years. <laughs> so many just fucking bangers. Uh, Harley Quinn is great in this. She's got a new costume. I like that it's kind of a gown. Yeah. Also, does she She sounds like like better in this. Like She's not putting she on that accent like as much no which is she's a lot more casual yeah and i i much prefer her in this than like in birds of prey and suicide squad and all that she's a lot more casual i love the bit when it's like we're here to save you you were here to save me and i'm like oh that's actually really affecting because you know she's a character who like no one really loves her and she doesn't know who her real friends are and the fact that they came to save her really means something to her yeah and it may and it's even better because it's uh rick flag doing that and they've got a long-standing relationship and just just him in that trailer is is so much better than than he was in uh in the first movie it's it's almost like joel kinnaman can actually act yeah, wow, what's up with that? I'm like, Jesus, Joel Kinnaman, you hid this under a bushel this whole time? <laughs> no, he he was just giving shit lines. <laughs> uh, and again, to all the people they chose to brought, uh, bring back are great. I mean, Boomerang scraping shit off his shoe <laughs> with a boomerang. That's good. <laughs> I loved that. Uh, the new version of Ratcatcher looks great. Polka Dot Man being bright and colorful, but being very, very depressed as well. Yes, and getting the guy who plays Abracadabra from uh, The Flash to do it was was perfect. <laughs> Man, he's been having a big week, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope we die. <laughs> Even that whole scene, too, where they're all sitting there in, like, the auditorium and Waller's giving them their mission, that's straight up from the Ostrander years of Suicide Squad comics. Yeah, oh, uh, Ostrander's in the trailer. He's the guy who he gives is. Uh, Michael Rooker's character the, the injection. Savant. Which, that's so fucking dope. And I'm like, thank you, James Gunn, for appreciating the creators enough and putting them in here. Another thing that, you know, has kind of been lacking at DC movies, the love and respect for the creators. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Such a good cameo. Again, I mention this every time. John Ostrander has written some of your favorite things, everybody. And I have more Twitter followers than him. How wrong is that? <laughs> that's really wrong. That's really wrong. Everyone go follow John Ostrander and thank him for all the good work he's done. <laughs> And, of course, we got Stallone as King Shark. We finally figured out who was doing his voice. That's fantastic. Everyone thought it was going to be Taika Waititi because he's in the film as well. But I think, He is going to be But I think film. he's voicing Starro. I think so, too. <laughs> Starro opens his mouth, and he's from New Zealand. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Starro. I'm here to eat your brains and take over the world. <laughs> Which, even just that, hey, who's the villain of this new Suicide Squad movie going to be? Starro the Conqueror? Fuck yeah. And I, I like it. It's kind of like the inverse of like, oh, the Justice League. That was like one of their first villains. Yep, it's like, no, yep. it's one of the first Suicide Squad villains. That's actually kind of like a cool inverse. <laughs> That's a very, very good inverse. And I'm like, damn, they, they beat you to it, Justice League. <laughs> they beat you to well, it. That's because there's no Justice League on this earth. <laughs> No. Man, what a weird world we're in where this movie is probably going to be, like, so much better than the Justice League movie we got. <laughs> nah, every, a whole generation, nah, Suicide Squad is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, it's good, good stuff. I am super, super hyped for this movie. I hope I'll get to see it in a the theater in, what is that, uh, August 5th? Yes, August. August I think 8th. it's also going to go on HBO Max as well. Uh, of course it is, unfortunately, until the world gets its shit together. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I am hoping that I can hold out for a shot that time. That's probably around the time I'm going to get vaccinated at this rate. Yeah. <laughs> How's Australia handling vaccinations? <laughs> Are they like Canada, where everyone's pointing fingers and no one really knows? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We were meant to have 4 million people vaccinated by the end of March, and I think we've got less than 500,000. <laughs> Okay, so yes, all the all the colonies are in the same situation where we're looking at America like, hey, can we can we have some of that? Oh, gee, sorry guys, you know we'd love to spare some vaccine, but we just oh, we just can't right now. But but you just lowered the age to thirty in New York State, and a bunch of people aren't even taking their vaccines. I, I mean, you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. Hey, how them minerals and softwood lumber treating you? <laughs> it's good, right? <laughs> we'll remember this next time. <laughs> If it was us, we'd share with you. I love just every other country in the world is now the X, where it's like, I can't believe you did that to us. I thought we had something special. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> we'd, we'd help you. <laughs> but yeah, Suicide Squad looks great. Cannot wait for it. This is this is jumped super high on my list of like must-see superhero movies. Yeah, it looks really exciting. I'm looking forward as well to that Peacemaker series. Same, yeah, now that we've kind of gotten a taste of what he's all about, where I'm like, yeah, I'd watch a show with him. I'd watch a show about this yeah, guy. Yeah, oh, I'd just watch a show with John Cena in it. He's hugely charismatic. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Uh, he's the new host of Wipeout, Wipeout yeah. on TV. Yeah, him and Nicole Bayer, who I love Nicole Bayer, and I like John Cena, so I actually watched the first episode of that. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I could watch more of this show with them. <laughs> Like, I know Wipeout was on another network, and I'm like, meh, whatever. And then I see it's like, ooh, Bayer and Cena, all right. <laughs> I'm down for this. They're a, they're a winning couple for comedic uh, purposes. Man, I hope they uh, get uh, Nicole Bayer in the Suicide Squad sequel, Suicide Squad 2. <laughs> Man, can we just say how great Waller is in this, too? Because she's doing what she always did in the comics, and that is she's just the deadpan straight woman for all the craziness. Yeah, she's not an expedition dump. No, she's like, yes, yes, that's your head. She's just the exasperated civil servant that she is in the comics. Yes, yes, yes having to deal hand. with a team of losers every time. You're you're the prisoners, but I'm actually locked in here with you too because they hate me as well. <laughs> Which was very Ostrandrish, and you know she's got like some dirty like back uh, back pocket plans that they don't know about. Oh, she but she's wants like, yeah, Starro or something. You yeah. Know. She's, or she knew about it, yeah. and she knew all this. She's like, yeah, I didn't tell you. Yeah. Why? Because it's my job. I don't have to tell mm -hmm. you. But yeah, Suicide Squad. Fuck yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. I guess, too, they also announced uh, we're finally going to be getting Black Widow, too, in June. Yeah, July, I think. July. They July, finally June. bit the bullet. Yeah. I, I want to say June, but it could be July. They finally bit the bullet and said, all right, all right, all right. We can't push it anymore. You'll get a day and date digital like you did with uh, Raya and Mulan and everything. Yeah, yeah. They released a new trailer for it, which looked really cool. It did. Again, I, I'm excited for this. And again, just the idea like, hey, you're going to get a Marvel movie now, everyone. Yeah, about time. Yeah, there you I mean, go. We, I mean, I'm, I'm the last couple of weeks, we've had a Marvel movie every week. Right? Every week, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I had one of these movie things, too. Man, this is just like a long episode of television. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it is July 9th. I thought it was June 9th. Thank you, Cameron. So closer to my birthday, actually. Nice. Right on. I'll, I'll have some cake and watch The Black Widow. That's good. Nice. 
Nice. All right, what else we got going on here in the news this week? Uh, ooh, uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson is going to be penning the Extreme Carnage series at Marvel following uh, the end of King and Black, which has gotten delayed. In fact, several books have kind of spoiled it and been like, yeah, so and then they won. Yeah, yeah, well, King, King and Black, uh, yeah, ends this week. Yeah, a few a right. few books have started to spoil it, like the Beta Ray Bill one and yeah, all that oops. sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, it's called Extreme Carnage. It's going to be about Carnage, but as you can see, all the other symbiote boys and girls. Yeah, then Philip Kennedy Johnson is just—he's getting so much goddamn work. He's got two Superman books. I know. He's all oh, three if you count House Alien. of L, Alien, this. Man, did he did he like catch a leprechaun or something? <laughs> did he get three wishes? Because he is just fucking blowing up right now. Yeah, I'm glad because all the books I've read of him so far have been great. Yeah, he seems talented. I mean, if anyone was going to be an overnight success, good good on you, sir. Yeah. And I mean, like, I probably wouldn't have read a Carnage book if I didn't read his other work and be like, oh, he's good. He can do cosmic horror and he knows superhero stuff and story structure and emotion. <laughs> I, I can dig it. I'm down for it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's gonna spin out of King and Black, and yeah, I, I don't really know what's gonna be happening with these characters, to be honest. Same, but we got Carnage, we got Riot and Scream and Phage, and I think that's Toxin at the back, yep. the red one. Mm -hmm. But we also have a classified person. Who's the classified person? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if Eddie Brock became Captain Universe. Mm -hmm. That means the Venom suit may very well be up for grabs. Yeah, that's a, that could be what this series is about. Maybe Flash Thompson, because Donnie brought him back, and I think that's, you know, the ultimate, like, hey, hey, Venom fans, I've been jacking you off this whole time, and it's felt really good, but you want me to bring it to completion? Oh, and Flash is back, and he's Venom again. I mean, looking at the, uh, the, the classified thing, it, I could see it because, like, this is just just me. It's like he's got like the the flat round head, and like like um, mm. most uh, symbiotes, it could be like like his costume, like the armor. Yeah, yeah, it's bulkier than the other, yeah. and he's got a big gun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that would be the ultimate way there to be like, hey, Venom fans, you know, I know not all of you loved my new series because you wanted Flash, but hey, I told my Eddie story. It's arguably maybe the best Eddie story told in forever. Yeah. And then, hey, at the very end, look, I also brought Flash back and reset it, so aren't you super happy now? Yeah, well, again, depending on what happens in King and Black and Venom this week, like, for, we'll for, find yeah, out. for what we've seen, Flash Thompson just, like, went back to Earth. He turned into a dragon, yeah. and he. But he was there. He was there, yeah. and I mean, as we've seen before, and as they have, you know, seed planted throughout Venom, the symbiote, when it's powerful enough and supercharged, can basically like birth life. Mm -hmm. So there you go. He was born again from the symbiotes and put in a new body. Yep. Or maybe it's Dylan. Maybe Dylan gets the suit, and we get like a Venom Junior. See, that I think that's a bit too obvious. I think it's a little too obvious too. You're probably right. Yeah. But you never know. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna put money on it now that it's gonna be a returned Flash Thompson of some variety, and we'll re we'll reconvene next week and we'll see if I'm right or not. I know that, things we say on this show have a funny habit of coming true. Could be that. Could be Anne. Yeah, could be Anne. That's another trigger they haven't pulled yet because they they teased uh, it. I mean, they guess, yeah, they kind of teased it with that alternate Earth sort of thing. Yeah. That yeah, that Annie existed. They say she was dead because they went to her grave, right? In Ultimate Carnage, if I remember, or Maximum Carnage, whatever that one was. Yes, yes. 
I, I can't remember. I can't remember uh, what it was, is that there was something with her. But, yeah, you're right. They never quite pulled the Annie trigger. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it could be – because, yeah, because we had an Annie as an Agent Venom, so it might be Agent Venom, but it might be someone else. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I'd be happy with either, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. There's there's your carnage new every, news, everyone, and there will be carnage. <laughs> There'll be carnage all over the place. Yeah. And uh, I guess with that, we can talk about what we read this week. And there was not much this week because it was Easter. No, well, there hasn't been much over the last couple of weeks. And I love it because they're, like, spacing out the books really well. Both Marvel and DC. They are. I like it because I can catch up on books that I need to catch up (laughs) on. And also so I can experiment with new video types and review Invincible, which I really enjoy. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that animated show is so damn good. Yeah, I guess we haven't had a chance to talk about Invincible yet. Yeah, Invincible is really strong. There is a ton of show in that show. Every episode is like 40 minutes, which blows me away. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Again, they take so much from the comic that is like word for word, scene for scene. They also move some stuff around, too, in interesting ways. The big twist, the thing that made everyone fall in love with Invincible. I don't think that like happened till the end of Volume 1. Here they kind of put it at the end of the first episode. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, because you know you want to shock people and show them that this isn't your regular superhero show. Yeah, and I, I love the turn in that as well, whereas like, up until that part, you're like, oh, this is just like usual superhero stuff. This mm-hmm, kid's going to mm-hmm. develop powers and fight crime yep. with his father, and then it's just like, oh, he's like like slamming the Batman analog over and yeah. over into the ground and turning him into a meat puddle and all that sort of stuff it, it, it was beautiful to watch that show with someone because i knew what was going to happen and i could see they were kind of bored they're like oh seen this a hundred times I'm like no no stick with it stick with it stick with it <laughs> and then the end happened and they're like oh it's that kind of story i'm like it is that kind of story <laughs> yes uh some other stuff they kind of moved around to like certain characters that become villains later are like exhibiting villainous qualities now early on mm-hmm. And some other stuff is going super fast. Again, I know our mutual uh, acquaintance and uh, fellow creator, Mitch, who I think is maybe a bigger Invincible fan than me. I like Invincible, and I respect it and everything, but I know his big uh, complaint there. And I'm kind of like, yeah, all right. It's like it's moving too quickly. It really is. Yeah, well, I think about by season, uh, by episode four, we're like halfway through like the series. We're like on like issue 20 by that time where it goes to Mars. Yeah, that's like, well, that is issue 18. 18, Because I know... I know, because one of the best parts of watching this on Amazon is I don't have to do any research for my videos. I just have to, (laughs) yeah, I just have to look at the sign. They're like, hey, everyone, did you know this was from episode? I'm like, oh, thanks, Amazon. You saved me from having to Google it or, you know, go through my old (laughs) comics and remember. And the voice cast. Holy shit, the voice cast. So many, like, big stars. You wouldn't think that to be lending their voices to, like, just an animated show amazing actors that are there for a minute uh what is it uh marshala ali yeah. plays titan a one-off villain in the first episode i'm like that was this fucking marshala ali yeah we got clancy brown voicing all these characters uh oh, obviously yeah. jk simmons is omni man steve killing is, it is mark and killing it yeah they're all just right sandra O oh as his mother amazing brings so much to that character uh debbie they're also developing much quicker than the comic did they actually that that whole fourth episode was like no 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 she has agency before the bad thing happens that's gonna happen yeah yeah (laughs) that's that's kind of cool uh yeah there's just so much uh to like about that show it's also like oh 
So this is what a superhero show looks like when you put a bunch of money into it, huh? Yeah. Oh, it looks fantastic. Like the flying scenes and and like the way they move the uh, move through like in battles and mm-hmm. stuff just looks so damn cool. The song choices: Vampire Weekend, Run the Jewels, Cage the Elephant, <laughs> Holy Fuck, which is the name of a Canadian indie band. <laughs> I'm just like Jesus Christ, guys! You spared no expense on this where did you get the money and then i'm like oh yeah you're amazon that's where you got the money (laughs) you got literal amazon money to throw around usually for a show to be this good they got to ink a deal with a toy company yeah (laughs) oh jason manzoukas who was amazing is rex blow yeah and zachary quinto is voicing robot seth rogan is alien jacobs (laughs) Yeah, wow, Seth Rogen doing some amazing work. Hey, it's me, Seth Rogen. I produce The Boys. <laughs> I think he also I'm produces doing great this for him as well. This is like one of those shows that is like The Boys Preacher and this. Did Did you ever think when you looked at Seth Rogen, <laughs> redheaded, chubby Canadian funny man, he's going to produce some amazing television one day? Yes, because all the television he's produced is stuff a stoner would watch. True enough. <laughs> it's all it's like, comic hey, books, weird shit. <laughs> Yeah. Hey guys, I read this book one time and it's great. <laughs> we should turn it into a thing if only I had some money. Wait, I have a bunch of money. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, he still it's he like just he ama- used his super bad money on this. He's still living he, off that. <laughs> he amazes himself every day when he wakes up that he has the money to make these things happen. <laughs> And Amazon is like, yo, we want you to make this happen because we want to get in on this superhero it, it's comic why, show It's why I can, I can forgive him for making stuff like American Pickle and all that. I'm like, yeah, you made that like kind of terrible film. But then you also... Oh, I liked American I, Pickle. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like it at all. But then you made stuff like Preacher and The Boys. So I forgive you, Seth Rogen. And, I, and you get I, into I, slap fights with fucking the Zodiac Killer on, on Twitter. That too. That's pretty great. Yeah, I can't blame you for not liking American Pickle because it's very twee, almost hipsterish, which is like something you wouldn't say Seth Rogen is, mm-hmm. but like that was that's what that it was also him like, no, oh, look at me, I can act. I can play two parts. Yeah, he shouldn't have played both parts. He shouldn't have played the younger character. He should have played the old yeah. the old guy. I liked it because it was so fucking weird where I'm like, wow, HBO Max actually gave him the money to do this weird ass <laughs> time travel pickle story. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, what is it? Invincible, everybody. And it's been super, super cool. <laughs> I guess if we're talking about television, we should talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier, too, because that's four episodes deep now. It is. Yeah. Or no, three episodes deep. Well, now. it's on its fourth this week. Right, it's on its fourth this week. Uh, we we got our field trip with Zemo episode this week, and it was great. Zemo was such a likable character. He was, and then I'm like, oh, this is why you made him a Sokovian, huh, and not a descendant of a German Nazi because it would be hard to make that guy funny and relatable and affable if he was a literal Nazi. <laughs> so instead, he's a weird Sokovian. I'm like, good, good job, Marvel, for skirting that one because I would hate to not like this guy. <laughs> But yeah, he's fun and funny, and he gets into like an argument with like uh, Buggy, uh, Bucky and Sam about freaking Trouble Man. Yeah. Even he loves Trouble Man. <laughs> it's great. It's a great work. Uh, they go to fucking Madripoor. Holy shit. Oh, we see the princess bar. Ugh, oh, ugh. Oh, oh my god. It's happening, Matt. It's happening. <laughs> and Madripoor looks exactly how like I wanted it to look as well. It did. Like sleazy neon Thailand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You feel like you're getting an STD just standing around there for too long. 
get references to the power broker. Sam dresses up like a pimp, which I'm like, ooh, is that a little reference to Snap, your old original uh, comic history before they changed it with the Cosmic Cube? <laughs> I thought that was very fun. Uh, Agent 13 shows up, and she's fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I love bitter Sharon Carter, uh, a character who's, like, left behind by, like, the bigger characters that the Avengers left her behind. She's, like, the inverse of, like, like say Zemo in a way very much so and like literally everything she's saying is true like yeah you guys became fugitives after I stole the shield and then you guys got pardoned and I didn't and no one called me for the end of the world and now I'm living here in Madripoor yeah yeah you guys just basically forgot about me and yeah it's it's absolutely true like Steve just yeah, like never once like like you. forgot about her she wasn't even at like like Tony Stark's funeral or anything nope. like that yeah they just nope. forgot her number <laughs> Big big character from the comics and just forgotten. Yes, as the chat says, she got her own John Wick fight which scene. Is, absolutely, which is funny because this was written by the guy who writes the John Wick films. Hey, how and, about well, you that? could tell because they got all the the text messages at the same time. Those that's like, great, right. like one shot at one shot action scenes, and yeah, holy shit! Oh, that's fun. That's very fun. I like that so much. And then just when you thought, like, man, what a great episode! What's gonna happen next? Then Wakanda shows up. Yeah, yeah, we get some Dora Milaje. Which makes a lot of sense, because they even signposted earlier in the episode where it's like, yeah, we can't let this Baron guy out. He killed King T'Chaka. Did you forget the Wakandans didn't forget? Yeah, and of course, they know already that he's been broken out. Yeah, and gotta gotta track him down, gotta kill him. Even more interesting stuff, too, where it's like, hey, so when Sokovia was destroyed, what happened with that? Oh, the other nations cannibalized. And I'm like, oh, cool. That, that could be, like, the perfect way to bring in, like, Lataveria, like... Lataveria, like, like Sokovia, was a small Sokovia nation becomes until... Lataveria, basically. Yeah. Like, yes, it was a small unknown nation until the blip when uh, it got absorbed by its neighbors. Yeah, and its leader, Victor Von Doom, like, took, uh, took a chance uh. and, like, yeah, took the country. Oof. Oh yeah, that's a that's a that's a layup. You're absolutely right. They're they're doing a lot of interesting background stuff with the blip. Like they're not actually talking about it in the show, but it's like under the surface where it's like, yeah, five years was gone, which you know completely supercharged the whole haves and have not stuff that we already have now. Like yeah, if you were an owner of a Fortune 500 company or something and you disappeared. Yeah, people would take that away from you, but you could at least come back to something and maybe fight your way back. But if you were already poor, like the Flag Smashers and everything, then you've got absolutely nothing now, even if you were just struggling before. Yeah, and, like, like everything, like, like financial institutions and all that have, like, changed, like, their laws and everything, Mm -hmm. as we saw in, like, the first episode where, like... Sam wasn't allowed, despite being an Avenger and saving the world and all of that sort of stuff. Couldn't, yeah, and a veteran couldn't even get a bank loan because banks are already shitty, and if they have a reason to be predatory and fuck people over, they will. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they're fucking everyone over, which is why the flag smashers are doing what they're doing. In fact, they really sympathize the flag smashers in this episode while also doing the whole "oh, the super soldier serum it enhances whatever was already in you," and one of them is already going a little further. Yeah, and. Now, now I've got a, I've got a theory because like we see we we don't get a lot of John Walker in this episode, um, we do not. but the scene we get where he basically acts like a petulant child because some guy spat at yep. him. Um, I yep. I reckon that like he's he's actually got the super soldier serum in him 
but but oh. but what's happened is that he was he was like taking it in like doses like whenever he'd go out in the field he'd take a little bit and it'd like supercharge him right and with the flag smashers taking the serum that that shipment of serum for themselves it like cut off his supply so that's why he's gunning so hard for them it's not something to do it's it's veiled in that oh we've got to protect america sort of thing but he's really right. going after like maybe even he doesn't know that like like yeah, his superiors have told him that and he doesn't realize that or something yeah there's definitely going to be a twist with that i know some people theorize that maybe in the final moments they'll come down to a thing like oh there's one vial of super soldier serum left you know sam if you take this you could become just like steve but oh walker wants it for himself but you know sam beats him anyway without it yeah yeah well yeah again like what we've heard about the serum it like enhances already uh ingrained like attitudes and stuff Traits, which is why yeah. like steve was so good with it whereas and someone like emil blonsky turned into a giant rage monster monster yeah, yeah again it could be something like that where like john is like that middle ground where he doesn't turn into a giant monster but he is like but he comes a bigger yeah asshole. he's a real dickhead when he's on it <laughs> Which, again, I kind of like how subtle they're playing John Walker. He's not an in-your-face guy. He's not wearing a red hat or anything. He's just a, he, he's an undercover asshole. He's a subtle asshole. Yeah, he's exactly how he is in um, Christopher Priest's current U.S. Uh, US series, Asian yeah. series. And again, as I said before, I love that Battlestar is his partner. Yeah. So he can be like, no, look at my black friend. Look at my one black friend. <laughs> That's exactly how, how it is. Yeah, racist. yeah. <laughs> that's that's totally what he is now i'm like you know what that's fine because that's also like look but if he tests really well and if people like him we're totally doing the u.s agent because <laughs> how cool is that black costume right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like it's pretty fucking cool actually i'm, I'm not gonna lie <laughs> like half the reason john walker has maintained is because the name u.s agent in the costume is really really, really cool good. yeah <laughs> is really really good so uh yeah there's your falcon and winter soldier update only three more episodes left yeah it's it's strange that it's only six episodes and we're, we're like halfway through the season already they're putting a lot of stuff in there oh though, yeah the oh thing. absolutely yeah which again i like that i like that all the marvel shows are different hey you know we have links uh what is it uh that are decided by the content and what they need to be wandavision was a mystery it needed to be longer yeah it needed to be longer and the episodes were shorter uh to drive that tension whereas here it's a bit more uh point a to point b sort of thing it's an action so, movie, yeah so yeah. we can have them be 50 minute episodes uh, uh dark ballast deal really gets in the comment section there he's like yeah my black friend who's more qualified yeah. that was the thing in in uh last week's or the week before's u.s agent book where like oh where, like it? battlestar got his shit pushed in by the new u.s agent who was angry at battlestar because he's more qualified yet still bent the knee to john walker <laughs> that's funny that's interesting there's a lot of stuff. even better because you know it's christopher priest yeah. who's writing it oh yeah yeah so I'm sure that's coming from a very real place from Priest <laughs> when he writes it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know how many comic jobs I've been, uh, what is it, uh, passed over for when I know I'm better? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was good. Uh, all right, I guess we can talk about comics this week. Uh, what comics do you want to talk about, Matt? Because there was only a few. There was only a few. Uh, what did I have? I had I had uh, The Flash, issue 768. Yeah, yeah, I meant to pick this up. This is the big, uh, what is it, Wally's first uh, outing as The Flash. I heard the art wasn't great in this one. Really? I fucking love the art in this. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, some people tell me it wasn't great. I don't know if you're saying it's good, then. Yeah, um, yeah, so... Uh, we pick up the issue and Wally quits being the Flash. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I heard that too. It's like, hey, everyone, it's finally time. I quit. <laughs> yeah, he quits because, but he's got very good reasons, and that is his family is now back together. Everything seems to be quite stable with them now. Uh, his kid. Oh, his really? Kids, because of death metal. Yeah, his kids are like all fine now. Uh, Linda's fine. Uh, wow, that's got to be the biggest change from death metal. Actually, yeah, so he wants. He just wants to spend time with his family and not. I mean, fair. Not do the superhero thing. So. To make sure he doesn't do the superhero thing, he asks Barry to take away his Speed Force powers. Uh, something Barry can do in the Speed Force, because he's done it to, like, Eobard Thorne and Zoom and That's all that true. sort of stuff. Um, so they end up doing that. They go for one last run into the Speed Force, and something happens, and Wally disappears. And Naturally. Flash has to figure out where exactly he went. And we find out that the Speed Force kidnapped Wally. Or kidnapped <laughs> his conscious consciousness and is putting it in speedsters from all across time. So the, so the oh. first one he gets put into is a caveman who had access to the Speed Force, uh, whose arch nemesis is a Speed Force wielding Velociraptor naturally and yeah uh, wally's trying to figure out how to get back into the speed force uh while the flash who doesn't actually have his powers and none of the other flashes have their powers either because of this uh thing that happened in the speed force uh try and figure out a way to reach wally which is what they end up doing in reaching in through the speed force and learning that he's traveling through the universe and multiverse and timelines to help heal the speed force in some way as as uh right. mr terrific thinks they think the speed force took him because it's punishing him for what he has done with his powers because they oh. like heroes in crisis and uh him sitting on the metron chair and everything and yeah oh, stuff right. like that um that's okay i can dig it and yeah he ends up getting like uh catapulted through time again into the future into the body of impulse I saw that too, which funny timing because they've cast Impulse for, uh, what is it, the Flash TV show. Yeah, and uh, before you can do anything, he, he is met by uh, uh, the the booster gold of that time, which was the one from the the Black Adam backup in Future State, uh, oh. the, the, the future one, the female one, uh, and they're going to fight the Dominators interesting okay that sounds like a good set you did a better job selling that to me than the other people i talked to trying to sell it green to arrow is a big part of the book as well but what yeah, yeah she's, he's, he's like second lead basically he's like teaming up with flash to sort of figure out how to get wally back and it's funny because like at the start because wally wants to give up and barry is is trying to convince him not to and oliver's like no let him give up he if he wants to give up, let him do that. It's probably safer for all of us if he, if he did that. I wish he said something about doing this before he went to Sanctuary. <laughs> hey, man, that's all you got to say. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great that Green Arrow, Green Arrow has been in more stuff lately than he has all through Rebirth. <laughs> yeah, well, what's up with that? Take away his book and he only becomes more prominent. Yeah. <laughs> You know, actually, too, I think he's getting one of those, like, unreleased DC Vault stories this week, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that next one. I haven't been picking up those uh, DC Vault titles, even though there's some stuff I like, like Chip Zdarsky mm -hmm. did a Suicide yeah, yeah. Squad. But yeah, apparently there's a Green Arrow book in that. I'm like, all right. Nice, and he's getting that big anniversary and everything. That's right. And rumors and rumblings that Joshua Williamson might be doing a new Green Arrow book at some point. Yeah, well, he brought Connor Hawk back in Detective Comics, so yeah. That he did. It would be weird to bring him back and then just have him be a supporting character in Robin. Yeah. 
Speaking of which, they introduced some new characters for that Robin run. There's going to be a cat girl yep. who's going to be fighting in the tournament and a junior Deathstroke who may or may not be Deathstroke. Yeah, I like that that book's going to be a tournament book. Same. I'm like, all right, very anime, very Mortal Kombat. We've been I'm getting a lot of them it. lately. We've got Exosaurs. We've got what's happening in the it's Avengers true. book at the moment. When we got this. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> tournaments. Tournaments are hot right now. All the man. writers are starting to watch anime now because they've got nothing else to they do. They really... <laughs> <laughs> what if a big tournament arc? I like it. <laughs> I, I actually do think, like, there was a time there where I'm like, man, you can't do anything that'll make me interested in reading a Robin book. What if Connor Hawk's in it and there's a Mortal Kombat fight tournament? All right, I'm listening. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. All right, you did it, Joshua. This is this is why you were on Flash for 100 <laughs> issues. This is why they pay you the big bucks. You're an idea man. <laughs> you you won me over. Now, who's going to rip whose heart out, I wonder? <laughs> uh, what else was this week? Uh, ooh, Beta Ray Bill was this week. Yeah, what a goddamn depressing and sad book this was. <laughs> I, I often Which is say cool. this. That's me I saying mean- that it was brilliant. <laughs> It is. I often say this, and I mean it in the sweetest way possible. This was the feel-bad comic of the year, everybody. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> Vader A. Bill tries so hard to defend Asgard from, like, the remaining forces of Null, even though he doesn't have Stormbreaker because crazy King Thor broke it. He fights and bleeds and does everything while remembering his own dark past of being tortured and experimented on as a child, only to have King Thor come back and save everyone in seconds, despite yeah. the fact that, you know, Bill tried so Just hard. Just one-shot Fin Fang Foom. Yep, and is done, and everyone loves Thor, and, you know, freaking worships the ground that Thor walks. Uh, thank you, uh, what is it, uh, M. Vicious Cosplay, appreciate thank it, you. and uh, thank you, uh, uh, thank you someone else who subscribed also there. We were so deep in conversation, I didn't get a chance to uh, see it there. Who, who, who subscribed? That? Oh, it was Erlon on the show. Uh, Cameron, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, always, always much appreciated whenever that happens, but, uh... <coughs> Yeah, the Beta Ray Bill, just so much fun. The only person who even gives him a slight bit of regard is freaking, you know, Pip the Space Troll. Yeah, yeah, who, who, who's living on uh, Scuttlebutt with him. Yeah, just, uh, uh, and just when you think, like, well, at least it can't get that much worse, you know, at least he's got his, you know, budding relationship with Sif to fall back on. Oh, no! Oh, no, she blue-balled him. <laughs> Yeah, she finds him to be a disgusting horse monster, and she's not horny enough or drunk enough to get down with that because Bill can't take his human form again because he doesn't have Stormbreaker anymore, and that was the only thing that allowed him to do it. Shit. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. And then when he leaves, she was like, you know, I'm fucking out of here. I'm done with all this Asgardian bullshit. Thor says, like, the worst stuff Uh, possible to him. Oh, Thor in this is just such a dick. (laughs) He is, and some people are like, oh, that was so out of character for him. Nah, it's perfectly, it's perfectly in character for him yeah. now. Because he's he's a drunk, mad king right now, scared about the end of the world. And also, what he basically says is like, what, you're mad at me for saving your life? You're mad at me for breaking your hammer? Yeah, well, I'm Thor. It's what I do. Yeah. And you always come back because this is the unhealthy relationship we have. Yeah, but Beta Ray Bill says, fuck that. I'm going off into space to find your dad, and he's going to make me a hammer, yeah. and I'm going to fucking... 
hurt you badly with it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, because that means they found Odin for the end of that Thor story, then lost him again. <laughs> yeah, he just disappeared into the bars of the Ten Realms somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just just wandered off <laughs> into the night. This, this was a really great story on multiple levels, especially it's kind of like, yeah, what would it be when you become a side character in your own life, and what do you need to do to kind of break out of that and kind of, you know, get agency for yourself? That's basically what this story is. It's Beta Ray Bill's, you know, quest for agency in his own it's life. It's Beta Ray Bill trying not to be a beta. <laughs> wow, holy shit. <laughs> put put that on the book jacket, everyone. <laughs> Call me Alpha Ray Bill now. <laughs> Fuck. God damn, that's good. <laughs> I mean, the concept is bullshit, but it's a funny-ass joke. <laughs> yeah. How's Odin paying for those drinks? Come on, man. You gonna make Odin pay for a drink? Yeah, I wouldn't want to go near him. <laughs> Yeah. I'll kill you all. Fill my glass. <laughs> I'll bring lightning down here. I'll shoot you with the Odin Force. You don't have the Odin Force. Want to try me? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just like plays off the Alzheimer's again. It's like he did, doesn't remember yeah, like enough. paying for the drink. And it's like I paid for it, and oh, I'm an old man, yeah. and just like wanders out. <laughs> Still my headcanon. I, I don't care if Donny Cates didn't bring it up. That's my headcanon. He faked Alzheimer's well, no, just to get that, out of that's it. That's literally what happened. I, I'm sure of it. Like, he literally did it just to get away from his problems. For all the bad stuff he had done yeah. previously. Yeah, again, that's totally something he would do. He's the goddamn Fred Sanford of space. <laughs> I'm coming, Freya. Oh, I'm dying. No, you're not. <laughs> can only fake so many heart attacks. <laughs> But yeah, this uh, this book is a masterclass in how to build sympathy for a character that some people might not care Absolutely. about. Just literally have the world take a massive dump on him in the first two twenty <laughs> in the first twenty two pages, and then be like, "Okay, you're at your absolute lowest. How do you build yourself up now?" <laughs> and I'm totally in for this uh, yeah, for this journey. Absolutely. And uh, Daniel Warren Johnson not only wrote it but he drew it too. Yeah, he's pulling double duty on that. Yeah, he's uh, he's good. He's uh, good when it comes to uh, what is it? Uh, you know, sword and sorcery, fantasy fights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think he did Last God or did that Wonder Woman. That recent yeah, Wonder yeah, yeah. Woman he did one. Dead Earth. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that was Beta Ray Bill. Good, good stuff. Yeah, we we had X Men this week as well. We did, yeah, we absolutely did. The continued adventures in the vault. I thought the vault story was done, but apparently not. Well, I think it is now, for or at least for now. Yeah, my assumption was when they blew it up, I'm like, yep, can't go back to this one now. Yeah, well, apparently they can. Because <laughs> the vault can heal itself, and the three characters we follow can heal themselves, yes, too. Yes, and again, that's why they were hired for this, because their minds have that healing factor, and it can, like, uh, regrow the memories and retain them for longer. And so long as they stay together, they could survive in the vault for who knows how long. And they'll have to, because they were there for over 50 years. Over 100 years. Oh, was it? Because I know in the first place, like, the first 50 years was the hardest. So I'm like, oh, so you were there for longer than 50 yeah, years. Yeah, and then when Sink got uh, captured, he mentioned something about 100 years. And there was those charts as well. Right. That sort of, like, right, of course. Uh, talk about They're it. They're there so long they can't tell you every single thing that happened. You have to read the appendices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they learn a lot of stuff about the vault, how it works, you know, the kind of, uh, 
you know, state that they've been in, and basically every time that the Children of the Vault have uh, interacted with mutants, they've had to evolve themselves to the next level over and over and become more and more dangerous every time. Yep, they've either been defeated by the mutants, uh, or they've been captured by Orchis and used as weapons against mm. the mutants, uh, and yeah, yep. every time they've had to evolve into something new until the newest third generation which is what we see what we see in this book Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah they're there so long that sink and laura end up actually forming you know kind of like a romantic relationship which man it's gotta suck if you're fucking darwin being the third wheel for over 100 (laughs) years always getting his arms cut off and like used Uh as like oh we'll, we'll cut your arm off and like sprinkle it around the rubble and they'll think you died yeah really just ugh, ugh, poor guy rough it's rough in there (laughs) Uh, yeah, he grows a freaking cool beard and everything there sink when they have him and he escapes and, you know, it's all very, uh, what is it, freaking gladiator because there's a big coliseum and shit. Yeah, they're like doing something with Darwin, which I assume is just like taking his powers and like putting him in the, yeah. uh, making them so he, the, the children can adapt and evolve when need be. Because, hey, as we've seen, you mutants are actually evolving, too, because of what's going on with the resurrection protocols. And you may actually be able to out-evolve us one day. So we're going to take a little mutant DNA inside ourselves now to become even more highly evolved life forms. Yeah, and we're going to go wipe out all of mutant kind. Oops. And, uh, yeah, uh, Sink uh, and uh, Wolverine manage to escape. And uh, Wolverine stays behind to fight off the the horde and, and... sink escapes and tells xavier everything and uh laura's reborn but she can't remember their relationship because mm-hmm. she died inside sink died outside yeah, of so it. she's only got her memories up till they entered the vault <laughs> yeah so isn't that the ultimate trait we lived a whole life together and loved each other for a hundred years and you don't remember any yeah of it now. that sucks <laughs> That sucks real hard. And also asks, again, a lot more uh, philosophical questions when it comes to these resurrection protocols. And that is, if you can remember a whole life, and, you know, if you have all these experiences that change you and mold you and everything, and if the resurrection protocols can mess with that and manipulate that, they can basically make you not the same person on the other side. Yeah, pretty much. Isn't that truly horrifying? They're not using it in that way yet. Well, what if they not did? Not that we know of. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I guess they technically kind of did it for Domino, because Domino's like, take all my traumatic memories out, please. Yep. And they're like, okay, and that pissed off Colossus, because he's like, no, the trauma is what makes you who you are, you just can't do away yep. with it. But also, what will this mean for Sync now, because he has a hundred years under his belt? Yeah, I wonder if you'll be... It, it, it ended kind of on a happy note, where he's like, oh, I'll it try did. and, like, get that back. But as well as that, it could also go the way where he just becomes really jaded and like cynical yeah, he just goes nuts yeah. yeah yeah it definitely ends on a bittersweet ending where it's like you know the thing about love is that you know i can fall in love with you all over <laughs> again and so few people get that chance yeah. is this the best sync story ever written <laughs> well, well it's not a very high bar <laughs> no it isn't but i'm just like is this this is the cool thing about the hickman era it's like yeah i'm gonna take a character like sync and write the best sync story you've ever had. i bet you i bet you never thought you'd feel bad about sync at the end <laughs> But there you go. Now you feel bad about him, and I do. <laughs> Poor Sink, man. Uh, but yeah, so that was X-Men, and X-Men was pretty cool. It was. Very, very science fiction. Mm-hmm. Very, very sci-fi. Uh, what else did you want to talk about, Matt? Uh, well, we talked about it a little bit before, but I had U.S. Agent Issue 3. 
Right, okay, yeah, see, I kind of dropped off on this one, really liked the first issue. Yeah, I, I'd but say never keep, stuck keep picking it. it up as now that, like, John Walker's, like, very popular now as well. I think a yeah, lot of no people doubt. are going to want to read this, and they have every right to, because this issue was amazing. Nice. Uh, so we, we get a little bit of backstory on on the the new u.s agent who was revealed at the in the final page of last issue uh and he's they replaced the replacement yeah yeah well we find out exactly why uh john walker was kind of kicked out and deactivated and that is uh he got caught in between a bunch of protesters and men and like uh riot gear who were trying to defend right. a uh a testing site in puerto rico and he was sent down mm. there to end the protesters and didn't want to do that he wanted to try and sorted out amicably um but then over a course of unfortunate events with the guards all just being literally like fish and game people like people who just itchy trigger <laughs> fingers and all that they they took some of what uh john was saying as like code to like fire and they ended up like ruining the whole really operation. so a bunch of conspiracy theorists saw uh signs where there weren't any no yeah, shit yeah yeah <laughs> funny that yeah he got fired and everything so and that him being reactivated for this mission in ephraim was like a mistake they 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 weren't meant to do it, it was like a filing error basically um so oh. this new u.s agent has been sent in to clean up his mess and this new u.s agent whose name is april manning is like uh, it's funny because like again it kind of feeds into that what i was saying before is like in falcon winter soldier how john walker was probably like juicing every now and then when he goes into battle because right. that's what this guy does um because when uh... you see him he's just like this kind of scrawny like millionaire business guy who does like he oh, does really? like lectures at harvard and everything and then huh. he gets activated and he injects himself with this like glowing stuff and he like bulks up and grows a mustache um <laughs> and uh they call him the saint Oh, that's it. What's his costume look like? Uh, it's like a, uh, you know what it actually looks like? It actually looks like the comedians. Really? Okay, that's fun. That's kind of cool. Um, and, um, yeah, he goes to, uh, Ephraim to sort of deal with what John Walker has done, which is, uh, kind of not his job, which was to find a fuel cell that went missing from the facility that was hidden there to contain the asset. We don't know what the asset is, but we do at the end. But we know it blows up the town at some yeah. point. Um, as well as that, uh, Val Cooper, his old, uh, John's old handler has sent in Battlestar to, uh, sort of mm. talk John down and trying to get him to like, how fun, uh, come back. Uh, Battlestar now has like a family his baby and everything. So it's kind of reluctant for him to go, but he goes anyway and, makes contact with this new u.s agent who just beats the ever-loving shit out of him because he, oh, again wow. the, the new u.s agent doesn't have a problem really with john walker but he has a huge problem with lamar hoskins because of how he let himself be treated all those years by being called bucky mm. and being a ah, bit, which we yeah. talked about the history yeah. of that and, and, before, and, and bending we? the knee to someone who was lesser than him when he had the best test scores and all that sort of stuff so he he's, holds a real grudge against him for that and uh as, as he says he basically be betrayed their struggle huh and um as we learn the the new us agent is a student of mori which was the little uh asian guy who 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 was like oh, teaming yeah. with john walker and we don't right. don't really know a lot about him whether he was like another agent that had been hired uh to do the job as right. well but i think in the next issue we huh. learn a little bit more about him um but yeah the thing that they were actually protecting in that facility was a shield helicarrier 
which which uh-huh. rises up out of the ground and just like destroys the town. This this feels very much like a spec script for like a U.S. agent spinoff it f- show. It feels like that because you got like all the stuff with like you got all this stuff, but then also you got like John Walker's uh, like history, like like he th- he got saved when he was a little kid in like a fire by what he thought was Captain America, but really it was his brother Mike who then later because. Mm he had ptsd and wasn't getting help uh from uh being a vet and everything he actually ended up committing suicide and he, he oh, and wow. and john blocked that from his mind making himself think that <laughs> his brother was killed in like a chopper crash and he fought off like terrorists and what you know making him up to, to be more than what he was and whatnot mm. and uh yeah he's got his sisters like the bad guy uh, who's who's trying yeah. to uh, take this shield helicarrier for some reason? Who's gone insane thanks to uh, toxic fumes that have like seeped out of this facility and everything? It's it's really fucking good. Huh. It's really good. Yeah, and again, like uh, a lot of Christopher Priest work, they jump around in time. Oh a lot. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I'll definitely have to go back. That sounds like uh, what is it? Priest is bringing an interesting layered take on a character who can easily be hateable because well he did that with Deathstroke. Yeah, too. yeah, well that's the thing. This book could have you could have easily just put this book out as like this guy is like a magachard, you know, he's stomping yeah. around hurting people. Isn't he to- totally evil, guys? Don't don't do that. Don't do, ma- actually makes John Walker likable. Yeah, actually which which is even more of a feat. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. I'll have to go back and check that one out. It's hey, he's likable, but he's still a dumb oh yeah, asshole. absolutely yeah. I think it was last the issue before this. He's like, I like these people in this town because they're hicks and they believe in Jesus and guns and and barbecue. <laughs> he literally says that. Yeah, yep, yep. That's that's John Walker for you. Yep, yeah. that's that's the character, everybody. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, but um, but um, I guess you talked about uh, USH. I guess I'll talk about Captain America because that came out this week mm-hmm. as well. Uh, issue twenty-eight. Ton Hossy Coates's run is almost done. I believe it's done at thirty, mm-hmm. and uh, we're doing the last big hurrah for his story with uh, the Lucans, the Red Skull, and Steve trying to repair his image uh, in the last arc. Uh, Red Skull's daughter literally showed him the internet for the first time. <laughs> I remember you telling me about that? Yeah. And he's like, yo, this is great. And uh, he, he literally just becomes Jordan Peterson. <laughs> literally, he has 100 videos being like, what did Bismarck know? The barbarians at the gate, reclaim your manhood, America. <laughs> That's great. And like, it is. It's just like that. And Steve's like, I don't know how to fight this. <laughs> and Sharon's like, yeah, I know you don't. And that's the problem. He He's actually like embraced the internet and technology before yeah. you. Which is funny, yeah, because Steve had more than enough time to do that, but never did. But he didn't. <laughs> But he didn't, and now the Red Skull's just, like, totally up in the air. There's some really great stuff with Sin and Alexa, because obviously Alexa was one of the founding members of the Daughters of Liberty, and a big part of this story is, you know, Alexa fighting with Peggy, who was, like, her student and protege, and now Alexa's kind of trying to replace Peggy with Sin, and she's like, you know, I believe in you, I think you can actually get outside your father's shadow and basically become a villain unto your own, right? Which actually does motivate Sin to, like, be smarter and do, like, more stuff than she ever did before and kind of make her more dangerous just because someone believes Mm -hmm. in her. And uh, the whole big plot is like, okay, so we need to get Captain America in a situation where Sin can poison him, and then I can get the new version of the Skeleton Crew, which is literally just a bunch of dudes on forms that I dressed up. (laughs) 
to beat the shit out of Captain America so I can record it and then do Captain America Exposed on my YouTube channel. Oh, jeez, that's great. <laughs> that's literally Red Skull's plot. It's like, look how weak Captain America is, and he had to be saved by a woman. He had to be saved by Sharon Carter and the Iron Patriots. To be saved by Kathleen Kennedy and Brie Larson. And <laughs> Basically, yes. That's, like, more or less what his plan is. And Steve's like, well, you know, I'm not worried. You know, I've been beaten in public before. I'll just go back and get him next time. You know, Sharon, that's what I do. And Sharon's like, you don't fucking get it, Steve. <laughs> you goddamn boomer. Like, yeah, like, he, he is winning this internet offensive now. <laughs> and, like, unless you get on his level, they're not only going to kill you, Steve. They're going to literally crush the pillars of, you know, what makes you you. Because, like, Red Skull actually gives, like, a really interesting speech. Whereas, like, you know, Steve always talks about the dream, you know, the American dream that drives and the dream that's bigger and more important than anything. And Skull's like, that's bullshit. You know why? Give a man a dream and he'll, you know, die ten times <laughs> over for it. But me... My idea is give a man a nightmare. Give him something to be afraid of. Tell him that something has been taken from him that makes him weak and that the only way he can be strong is by killing for... Oh, he'll kill a hundred times over for a nightmare. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, like, Red Skull is barely doing anything and he's more evil than he's been in a long time. Oh, wow. And, of course, they add an extra little thing on top of it there where Red Skull's like, oh, yeah, and all the hate energy that's going on, I'm actually siphoning it off magically to fill my Cosmic Cube. <laughs> of course, <cube."> of course. Because <laughs> it always comes down to the goddamn Cosmic Cube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure, you know, uh, Coates will use that to, you know, put any toys back in the box that he needs oh, to. Oh, yeah, it'll reset the everything, yeah. Yeah, this this feels very much like okay. I got one arc left. Well, I'm just gonna do whatever I want. I'm gonna go this ham. Is what on I want to yeah. do. <laughs> I'm gonna go super ham because like everything before this was like very subtle and very subdued and very like uh, Aaron Sorkin political thriller, very dry and everyone talky. This one is just eleven balls to the wall. I'm gonna do whatever mm -hmm. I want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, it's it's very funny and it's very interesting and goes places you don't expect. Yeah. And again, too, it's, it's it's also just as much Sharon's story as it is Steve. Yeah, that's, that, like, when I tapped arc, out of the book, that's what it was. It was very much a Sharon story. It is, because again, you know, everything with the Lucans, like, Lucan is more her enemy mm -hmm. than anything, yeah. because it's everything to do with her aunt and everything else, and it's an interesting way to take it. Cool, cool. Yeah. So yeah, if, uh, check that one out, everyone. And then, of course, when the book is done, it'll be interesting to see where it goes after that. I know Cantwell is going to have the United States of Captain America, but I think that's just a short before they pick like a brand new writer. I'd love if he wrote that book. The stuff he's doing on Iron Man at the moment is just so damn good. So I've heard, yeah, they might give him that book just because. Yeah, I don't know who you follow, ta Coates, with. I really don't. I don't know what direction you go in. Maybe go back to just like your classic cap of adventures for a little bit. I guess. I mean, Wade also kind of did that, and I feel like that's what United States of Captain America is going to be, because he's traveling America and meeting other Captain Americas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone said Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, do Metal Gear Solid with oh, Captain America. I like that. Yeah, you could, too. It's like, every battlefield, I will build a nation for soldiers. <laughs> Join us, Cap. <laughs> That's that's actually like yeah. How the fuck has no one done that? Actually, yeah. that's a really the, the, good the pitch, villain actually. is like Just... a, an evil clo elderly clone of like Steve. Steve, which which arguably Red Skull is because that body used to be yeah. Steve's, but they don't bring that fact up anymore because no. it gets really fucking confusing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, they never did uh, mention what happened to Stevel, the Secret Empire one. His face got all burnt up, and then we never saw him yeah, again. He's... But they never said one way or another if he was dead yeah, or not. Yeah, he's technically not dead, so yeah. Could bring him back. He's re- <laughs> and yeah, Nick Spence is coming back to Captain America. <laughs> yeah, hey boys, daddy's home. <laughs> Gotta finally answer who the Kraken was. And also, Boomerang is in this book now, too. <laughs> and Ant-Man. Because <laughs> why not? I'm okay with that. Oh, no, you know, we do. We bring back original Nick Fury in yeah. that. There you go. He can be big boss. Yeah, well, I mean, like, uh, yeah, original Nick Fury technically is, like, free now. He is, yeah. And no one's done anything with it or even tried to rebuild S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. yet. I had a pitch for the longest time there, back after Secret Empire, where I'm like, okay, they're going to have to rehab Cap's image anyway. And I was literally, if I could have pitched the book, I would have called it Captain America and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And again, that's just what it have been. It would have been like superhero procedural, where Captain America's like traveling America, helping out and trying to rehab his image. Well, hell, they could still do that. <laughs> They could like maybe the maybe this arc Tanahasi's code ends with them like canceling Captain America like over Twitter. Yeah, really. <laughs> and he's got to go on like a, mean, he's got to go on like a, a nationwide sorry tour or something. <laughs> I, I mean, technically, they already did when they framed yeah. him for General Ross's <laughs> murder. And even before that, that's what the Wade run was: was him going through America, being like, "Sorry, sorry, sorry, sorry." <laughs> Have I apologized? Like, literally, the last two runs of Captain America has just been him apologizing for Secret Empire. There, there you go. Take it in the other way. He's done apologizing. <laughs> you know, I like that, too. That's an even better way. I'm Captain America, done apologizing. Red, white, and fuck you. <laughs> That's the new run. <laughs> Unapologetic Captain America. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. I like yeah. that. Uh, what else? I had like one other book to talk oh, I've about. I've got one more as well. All right, which one did you have? Uh, I had Generations Forged, issue one. Oh, yeah, what was this one? Ah, uh, it was a fucking slog. It took me two weeks to fucking do. <laughs> did it? That's a shame. Yeah, and it was only a slog because this was very obviously meant to be like three or four issues, and they crammed it all into that one they... issue. If this was three or four issues, it would have been fine and that, that's not to say the story is not fine the story is actually quite fun it's like a love letter to like crisis of infinite earth zero hour mm. all those stories and everything um i can see how that might get tedious yeah at a point. and it's like 80 pages <laughs> oh yeah ooh. yeah they did just jam a lot of content together yeah they? um bni continues off the the shattered book from that came before it and dominus has sent all these the, the remaining heroes throughout time and space and um the, most of the book is just them trying to figure out how to come back to together because they they had no idea how to uh get back to the vanishing point so we've got like dr light right. commandian starfire on krypton uh, helping jor-el sort of deal with the fact that uh krypton's going to explode thanks to the sun dr light helps them buying them a few extra months so that allows kal-el to be born and sent off to to earth uh, we got Batman, Booster Gold, and Sinestro in Electric City, uh, dealing with the ultra rich and uh, build a build a friends who just explode and try and take people's money and everything. <laughs> Batman, because it's the 1940s, Batman has no idea what the fuck is going on because he's like, what the fuck is all this AI and and flying cars and what the fuck's going on? Uh, so steel and superboy end up getting trapped on ancient than and fight uh dinosaurs 
Uh, this does sound like yeah, a lot. Yeah, it, and it's all fun stuff. It's all really fun stuff, but yeah, spread it out. Uh, again, like <laughs> Superboy wants to know about his future, but because Steel got literally taken out just as Superman was killed by Doomsday, like uh, he's like, I can't tell you anything about your future. You just that you need to be there. You, you can't die here because you have to die later. So then I become something. <laughs> uh, Oh, um, they all end up coming back together and figuring out that Dominus, who, who, uh, in a really cool and creative bit, had like extracted a piece of time, and this piece of time is like all in do. black and white, and it's it's oh. like it's like fifty set, it's like one division, it's like fifty set, oh, it's like fifty <laughs> set, and like he's got like his family there, but they're not really his family; they're like a construct of his long dead family, and like he had to erase time to create this and if he wants to keep this he has to keep erasing time to power <laughs> his uh his piece of extracted time which is why he was erasing it uh but we find out he actually wasn't technically erasing it what he was doing was he was moving it and like pausing it and just like like putting oh, it shit. in archive basically and the heroes end up fighting him and stopping him and and uh, putting time all back together. And we learn that all of the heroes that were in this book all come from something called the Linear Verse. And the Linear Verse. Mm. Oh yes, I remember this was a big. The story Linear Verse. We find out is that every person in the, in the Linear Verse ages slowly. So mm. in fifty, a hundred years, they will still technically be the same age they are now um so their youth and vitality as wave rider says will carry on for decades and they'll be able to uh, bring in the new generation of heroes and everything so the batman we see in the 1940s is the modern day equivalent is the modern day batman still in this linear verse and so there's a universe out there in the omniverse where the original batman the original superman original flash (laughs) are all the original all the originals yeah and that's left on on like a cliffhanger it's like yeah this universe now exists go play in it (laughs) all right grant morrison (laughs) and everything happened to one person in their life yeah it's a very grant morrison thing and again it's robert vendetti angie schmidt and dan jurgens writing it right oh there you go yeah that i feel that's exactly what generations was supposed to be here we've created a new sandbox Mm -hmm. you can play in it if you want i imagine we probably will get something from that because that's like think of all the shit that you could do in that universe yeah where what if things never changed what if it was exactly the same and you never had to uh what is it change it around yeah that's all right i can deal with that yeah uh, last book I read this week was uh, The Other History of the DC Universe 3. Oh, how is this? I, I did see some pages this was... from it. Uh, so, yeah, so this is about Katana mm-hmm. and about the Asian-American experiences told through the eyes of DC superhero mm-hmm. comics. And it is both a shame but also a great boon that this book had to come out at the time when it did when anti-Asian-American hate crimes are at an all-time high in the United yep. States. But boy, yeah, this uh, this one goes deep, and much like the two issues that preceded it, pulls absolutely zero punches mm-hmm. <laughs> in the way it tells its story. Uh, first off, you know, uh, Tatsu's life is very tragic and very sad. Her family is murdered by her brother-in-law because she turned down his sexual advances. She lived <laughs> on the streets and got a job as an assassin <laughs> because she could swing a sword and everything and just, you know, went around killing people because, hey, 80s Japan, super technologically advanced, but super behind the times on social yep. issues and especially women's mm-hmm. issues. 
So that was all she could do for money. Uh, a big departure they actually make in this version of the story. Uh, her sword is not magical. Oh, really? No, and she's not even a martial artist, as she says, look, I'm a pretty good gymnast. <laughs> and yes, I talk to my sword, not because it's magic, but because I had horrible PTSD from my husband getting decapitated and my children burning alive. Okay, that's pretty cool. Well, it's, it's horrible, an interesting but yeah, take. it's an interesting take. <laughs> It's an interesting take, and she's like, look, everyone assumed that I was this amazing martial artist because I'm Japanese. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, sure, whatever. They can believe whatever they want if they want this, like, you know, positive stereotype bullshit. I'll use it to my advantage. Mm -hmm. And she's like, look, yeah, I was willing to go into these fights because I didn't care if I lived or died. And eventually I just kind of picked it all up as Mm -hmm. I went. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's a very interesting take to be like, hey, you know, all this Asian mysticism, martial arts stuff that we take, you know, as a given for every Asian character. What if we just take it away? That's cool. It is. Again, it's it's different than the other two ones, because like the Mal Duncan Bumblebee and Black Lightning both are like, no, 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 all that stuff still happened. This one is like, no, 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 it happened, but not the way you yeah, think they, it did. They, that, the people in that story assumed the way it happened. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is different because this is Tatsu telling her ah, story cool. to everyone in a way that's never been told before. And we see her, you know, join the Outsiders and everything. And, uh, man, she has a really funny read on Batman where she's like, yeah, I respected Batman because he created his own legend. But I doubt he was able to do everything he did without killing anybody. <laughs> Also, he let me on the team. Something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, he let me on the team despite the fact that I'm a killer. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that did happen in the original Outsiders. Oh, yeah, the guy who wrote the Outsiders at that time had some very different takes on Batman <laughs> as well. I love that we've canonized this. <laughs> and, you know, she talks about the first time coming to America and all the different Asian exclusion acts and the Japanese internment of people during World War II. And the the line that I think really, you know, wins her this issue where she's like, you know, America is a funny place. They love co-opting Asian culture. They love Asian cuisine, Asian movies, Asian technology and everything. But they rarely ever love Asian people, myself included. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They even go a step further where it's like, look, okay, you know, let's actually explore Katana as a woman now, too. Because another big thing from her Outsiders run was, of course, uh, Gabby Doe, uh, the woman who died and had an alien put into her. Young Justice did a version of her story. Because in those original things, Batman's like, okay, we got an amnesiac young girl here. Uh, Tatsu, you take care Mm -hmm. of her. And Katana's like, why? Because I'm the only woman on the team? And Batman's like, yeah, basically. (laughs) And she's like, you motherfucker, Batman, I guess I'll just bite my tongue and do it then. Because <laughs> that's also part of the Asian experience. Don't want to fight with the white superior. And uh, eventually she's like, no, I actually loved getting to take care of Gabby because, you know, it gave me a sense of family and made me feel loved and, you know, allowed me to be loved by another person. And I'm like, oh, that's actually very sweet. And also kind of like, look, Batman did know what he was talking about in a <laughs> fucked up way. She even says, you know, the whole concept of Batman and the Outsiders is patronizing. We're like a backup band. Also, really, you call us the Outsiders? Why don't you just call us Batman, the Asian one, the black one, the foreign (laughs) one? Etc, etc. But then by the end of the book, too, she's like, you know what? I actually do appreciate the term Outsider because it's what I've been my whole life. And Outsiders, we may stand apart, but we never stand alone. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's a good piece of dialogue. Yeah, that's cool. It's it's really solid, and of course, you know, they bring up real cases and real hate crimes and everything in it that hit, like, you know, a ton of bricks, especially now more than mm, ever. Yeah, that that issue was, like, like came out at, like, 
I, I hate to say the perfect time, but like I yeah, know, right? Yeah. It's it's really unfortunate. Yeah, like this this is a book that tugs your heartstrings. It's a book that you know you'd have to be made of stone to you know not like you know almost be moved to tears by some of this because it's like the way she talks about like her life and her suffering is again completely different from like Mal and Black Lightning because mm-hmm. she's so just like frank and matter of fact about yeah. it. <laughs> Which fits with her character so much, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, other history of the DC universe, it's quickly becoming one of the best Black Label series, one of the most important, complex, challenging books I've read in a very long it's time. It's very good, yeah. It is, like, when, when I read, like, most comics, I'm like, okay, that was good, I'll think about this for a minute and do a video. When I read that, because it's very long, I'm like, okay, I want to take my time. I want to pull over all of this. I want the internet open and the other things so I can research the actual history they're bringing up. And then I want to actually write down and take my time when I do the review, because this is really important shit. Yeah, goddamn. Yeah, John Ridley is just, he's just swinging for the fences. Killing it. And yeah, killing it on that and, like, the Batman stuff. And, yeah. It's great. Uh-huh. This 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 might be his magnum opus, and the next issue is Renee Montoya, and then the finale is actually I think uh, Black Lightning's daughter. Oh, nice. Was this the issue as Bring well that uh, contained the stuff about uh, Deathstroke and Terra? Yes, yes, it is. Oh my god, they do such an interesting take on that because <laughs> they, they remember whole thing, that shit happened. <laughs> They do, and they have shit to say about it. So Tatsu's whole thing is like, look, my life was ruined by a powerful Yakuza man who lusted after me, and, you know, I spurned his advances, and he ruined my whole life. And, you know, my whole life as a superhero and as a person has just been defined by bad men always getting their way and always getting to write the rules. And she says, you know, I actually saw a lot of myself in Terra. Because here is a young woman who was trafficked, raped, manipulated, and turned into a weapon. (laughs) And history remembers her as being crazy, despite the fact that she's so clearly a victim. While meanwhile, Deathstroke gets to have this cult of personality around him as being a cool, badass man's man, despite the fact that he is canonically a pedophile. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, for so long, I think they tried to, like, get around that. And even, like... um, They did. Even, like, Christopher Priest run like it's like, true kind of made it out seems like oh he's like the badass assassin sort yeah. of thing that that book again it's been a long time since i read that but i know tara did come back in mm-hmm. that and i think they tried really hard to have their cake and yeah. eat it too to be like to be like yeah it happened but she turned out okay i think they've right? tried a couple and of like, times to do that yeah and they're like well she was bad and crazy before right so it doesn't make that much difference only to be like Nah, you guys have been doing, like, a lot of victim blaming, actually. And, again, this book hits it even harder, where it's like, and why did that happen? Because Tara died right after, and dead people don't get to tell their own story. (laughs) And I'm like, fuck me, that hits, like, a ton of bricks. And, of course, too, you know, anytime you talk about anything even mildly important, uh, what is it, on YouTube... All the shitty people trip over themselves to let you know how much they suck. Again, one of the worst comments I got was one guy being there like, this book is anti-American. <laughs> it's like telling the American story. <laughs> yeah, so, so history is anti-American is what you're saying. And then he's like, you know, the sins of our fathers are not our own. And I'm like, uh, yeah, because there's real <laughs> hate crimes against Asian people happening today. You you can have those. You don't need their sins. You have your own. <laughs> But also, nice job just, you know, what is it, being a petulant child and being like, uh-uh, 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 not mine, uh-uh, uh-uh. 
hey, here's a piece of Eastern wisdom for you. Those who do not learn from their past are doomed to repeat it, Genghis Khan. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, people can't face the truth. People don't like the truth, and people have temper tantrums about it. But yeah, so it's very good. I'm really interested to see what the Rene Montoya one is too, because it keeps like progressing in time. So like the Rene Montoya book will be happening in like the 2000s. Yeah, that'll be interesting, uh, especially like it, it. It'll be hard to top as well, especially thanks to like how Greg Rucker did her and like the Lost Lane book Absolutely. and everything. And like, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what it's going to be like. Here's the thing too. I think the Katana book is probably going to be the mo- was the most challenging because. Unfortunately, her legacy, and they make this part of the story too, is that she was been on more canceled books and more canceled teams than mm-hmm. anybody, and yet Ridley is actually able to like tie together a cohesive life story for her. With Renee Montoya, okay, yeah, you actually got like a pretty good life story to write because she was in a lot of She's stuff for popular. like a decent yeah. amount. She was pretty popular. And again, too, the uh, added thing, too, is like, you know, when you write a story about Rene Montoya, not only are you going to be writing about the Hispanic American experience, which there is a lot to cover, but she's also a gay woman, mm-hmm. yeah. too. Yeah, oh, that's definitely going to play a big part in this. And and Ridley has not forgotten about that. It's like, look, I'm going to write about them, you know, as people of color living in America, as superheroes working in the thing, also as, you know, lovers in their relationships. And I'm like, man, in like 40 pages, you tell really three-dimensional versions of all these people. Writing them as people. (sighs) Very much so. Thank you, 1996. uh, Soulful Trust. Appreciate it. But yeah, other history, really goddamn good, really important work right now. In fact, if you go to my video review, I actually left a link in the description there for, you know, uh, one of the groups that's accepting donations now to, like, uh, what is it, fight uh, anti-Asian American oh, nice. hate crimes there. What was the name of the group? Uh, was it Advancing uh, Justice is what it's called. So check that one out, everyone. Nice. If you're so interested. And maybe I'll put it the link here at the end of this episode, too, so people can find it as well. Nice. But yeah, so uh, that's the the, that's the show, everyone. I I know it's weird to leave on such a heavy note because it was a heavy book, (laughs) but it was good. (laughs) Uh, What do you have planned for the week, Matt? Anything? Uh, not really. I'm just gonna uh, continue doing some reviews. I got some uh, important work I need to sort out before the end of the week, and yeah, I think this week as well. I think I was looking at the comics. It's another another. light week in comics good i like these light weeks because i can review <laughs> invincible and actually take a yeah. break uh i i got easter dinner tomorrow so that's gonna mm-hmm. be fun i'll be sure to be posting pictures of my turkey and everything else i'm lovely, enjoying lovely so yeah that's gonna be a lot of fun uh thank you everyone for coming and joining us again happy easter for all the people who came and joined us live uh we always truly appreciate it if you're a patron you'll be first uh, be sure to get this episode first before anyone else in both audio and visual form uh thanks to wild bill soda as always for uh sponsoring the show be sure to check out uh the link down in the description to them and your promo code that you can use and uh yeah i guess i'll just about do it for this week everyone yes Yeah, thank you so much for coming by, everyone. We will see you all next time. Bye-bye.